0: Shut up.
1: The podcast is about to start.
0: You know, I actually beat you in there by uh, ending the conversation with Jen. Am I- That's true. You. Yeah. 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 So the first Hello. time
1: the
2: conversation
0: was actually going yeah. on. You know, uh, the first guest to email into the show, guessing what Joey and I were talking about before we started recording, is going to uh, win a free guest spot on the next episode. Uh, we'll fly you out at your own expense. I never...
3: Agreed to that. Anyways, hello. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Welcome to Celluloid Breakdown. Sean, Yay. applause, please. Uh, it
2: was- <laughs> God damn <laughs> it. <laughs> the song, right. again. Oh, what a professional show. <laughs>
0: It's okay, Sean. it's okay.
2: It's okay. And no, you hit the worst, worst. 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 drop because it's the longest, and you, and you can't, to can't stop, take that stop it. Away from my time.
0: time belongs to the little lady from California. Oh God! I oh, forgot oh, to fix that
3: one. Great. Thanks, Sean. All right, and that was Sean. That's Sean Far. <laughs> Sean Far. Okay. And across from him is Derek Laporte. Hello. Next to him, Tim Snow. Ah. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Clear my throat. <laughs> I
0: get applause. You deserve it. It was for me. I do. thought yeah, it was welcome welcome back. applause. Oh, you were here last week. Oh, you dad. feel like it was
1: group applause? It was group, yeah, for everybody.
4: <laughs> felt like you, it was for me. You can steal it if you want, but, you know. Yeah, it was for everybody. It, it felt like it was for him. T- it's okay. Yeah. It's like when you give a birthday gift and then everyone behind you is like, hey, that's a group gift.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yep. 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 It's from all of us. <laughs> yep. Signing the card. Exactly. Okay, yeah.
3: so uh, we watched the classic Vertigo.
1: More than the classic. What do you mean, Derek? I mean, people say this is the greatest film ever made. Some people do. It I, did supplant
3: Citizen Kane mm-hmm. as number one, I think, on a bunch of lists. Yeah. Some 2012 list, yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> but you know, it's a list. I think It was the British, though. Fucking British. Sight and sound. So sight and sound, yes. So I think it's like a also number seven of of on critics. AFI, I think. Wow. Yeah. Who, who who cares what they think? But <laughs> but sight and sounds actually like you know international critics and directors vote that thing okay. so supposedly knowledgeable people no well, that's good so forth.
3: uh this was directed by alfred hitchcock even though i know you you probably knew that yeah, probably i just, i had to say it i had to say it who is this hitchcock uh the screenplay by alec couple samuel taylor and i think alfred hitchcock mm. probably helped him out too so <laughs> i uh i just wanted to i think we should stay say that every time yeah, yeah i should announce more well. of these people yeah That's two all. more credits yeah at the there was another they guy did back then. Too. yeah well, those are the two I have on the uh, Wikipedia, although I should probably check Game to be yeah it's based on the novel "De entre de la mort les mort
0: mm. yeah did you know that Joey
4: can't speak French? <laughs> did We're you know learning. that I actually did take French lessons <laughs> when I was in <laughs> second grade
2: second grade?
4: Yep, it's weird. Yeah. Second grade French. I mean, it it w- makes a lot more sense. We should learn languages a lot earlier than we do. but We should. We mean, should. Yeah, it's better to learn
0: movies. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
4: This is a film podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it is.
3: Derek, let's give us, uh, please give us your first impressions.
1: Uh, this is, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth time watching this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a lot. it's changed a bit. Uh, over the time, like I remember the first time I watched it, and I didn't know what was happening or going on, and mm-hmm. like how big uh twist reveal, which kind of happens in the middle of the film, really, <laughs> yeah. kind of like you know, um how it was surprising uh I still through all, all of them have kind of hated the ending mm. um, and i I mean, I guess I noticed with this. This one in particular, this viewing in particular, a lot more of the sort of nuances. I still don't consider myself to be a huge fan of this film, but I would say I I enjoy it. I think it's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, uh, Tim. Uh, so this was my first time
0: seeing it. Right on. You selected um, it. I did select it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to pick Rope mm-hmm. and uh, uh, kind of at the last minute changed over to Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: what made you change?
0: Uh, you know, honestly, uh, my last pick was Germany here. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Trying to redeem yourself,
2: of it. <laughs> I wanted a crowd going to
0: <laughs> No, and also, you know, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen this film. I haven't seen Rope either. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I hadn't seen this film, and and just something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, it was suggested to me by Joey. You know, uh, sir, I, I was talking to Joey about it uh, a few days ago, and he just mentioned, you know. That Vertigo was also a, a Hitchcock film, and and oh, what what I uh, what what swung me was that uh, Vertigo is. In our time period at the, at the moment, I thought it would, I thought it was a bit later, but it's not, it's 58.
4: And it continues with our Jimmy Stewart. uh, uh, Also (laughs) fucking Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry, Tim, Tim, you just
0: didn't
3: quite give us your impression. No, 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 I went off on a bit of a
0: tangent there. Sorry. So, uh, first time. Way to lay it down, Joey. I'm sorry. I just want, I I (laughs) want to get right to it. it. Thank you, Joey. I'm trying to keep this training, Joey. Uh, so, first time seeing the film, um, I really enjoyed the the movie. The, of of all the like watches that we've had, this is hmm. probably like the most pleasant one for no. me so far. Um, you know, till the end, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was a head scratcher. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I really um, I, I love Hitchcock's Eye. You know, and the and the like, just the way that he composes certain frames is just, uh, it's just such style. You know, what other? It doesn't seem like it. Oh, oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's not necessarily narratively motivated style either. It's just, it's just flair, which is kind of fun. Um, Twenty-two pieces of flair. Yeah. Yeah. There he goes again. He got me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Uh, he's, he's good at right? it. You yeah, gotta give him credit. Good. He's, he's good. i knows how to throw a penny on the round. All right. Um, let's. Uh, but but uh, yeah. No, you fin- finish,
0: please. Well, um, let me find myself here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give us a moment of dead air, please. <laughs> and uh, we'll have room tone starting now. <laughs> 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 no. Um, so, yeah, enjoyed the movie. Thought it was fun. Um, Jimmy Stewart is just, he's probably got my favorite voice of all time. You do love a Jimmy Stewart impression. I can't stop. It is infectious. (laughs) It's fun. Yeah, I, I will stop because I'd like to keep friends in my life. Well, it's but, like uh, a
4: Christopher Walken. It's like, it's and, yeah. its its own complete brand. It's not a, an yeah. accent. Nobody
0: it's, nobody really does Jimmy Stewart like Jimmy Stewart. It's, I think it's also
3: a mixture of that old Edward G. Robinson, Massey, yeah. and a little more of the Western John Wayne. And you kind of mix them a little bit. With well, a little
4: Midwestern aw For sure. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes,
3: yes. You're right. Midwestern charm kind of. Yeah. It's not quite John Wayne West. Yeah. Right. It's more that.
0: Yeah, but over... Overall, uh, incredibly well acted, I thought.
4: Um, uh, Yeah, liked it, man. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All
4: right, let's move to Sean. What would you think, Sean? (laughs) Um, This was my second viewing of the movie. Um, I saw it once like 20-ish years ago or so, something like that. Um, This time, I didn't hate it as much as I hated it the first time, Um, but I still am not a huge fan. Um, I... I don't like Hitchcock in general. Um, I find Hitchcock... I don't like Hitchcock as a storyteller, I should say. I have learned to respect Hitchcock as a cinematographer, but as a storyteller, I find him boring as fuck. Um, Everything is very, very slow, very tedious. This movie was very hit you over the head with shit and like slam your face into an insert and rub your face in it a little bit to make sure that you know it. Like, I think it's, you know, a little bit like over the top in those moments. And then every other moment between that is just fucking come on, let's go, let's get there. Like, it just takes forever to get to fucking anything in his movies. Okay.
3: Hmm. Um i totally valid opinion actually I don't no I am
4: allowed to think my thoughts no actually kind of I'm
3: gonna I kind of agree with you I think that there's a lot of moments here that are a little bit drawn out obviously mm. but the, I think for me and again I always go back to this the score is helps me out in these moments oh, sure. because it allows me to focus just on the music but I always feel that it, that's a cheat like maybe but that's part of filmmaking is oh, sure. is, is getting a great composer and a great score and it's, we'll talk more about it obviously later but that to me allowed those slower moments to kind of develop, but I can't disagree with your insert shot, hit you over the head stuff. That's totally true.
4: And that's the audience, you know, that's just because yeah. it's 1958. and It's also like a film student just discovered what a jib is and like everything has to be a fucking high angle for well, no real
1: reason. yeah. <laughs>
3: There was a few. that I agree with you. That were just strange some of
4: those
1: low angle shots that are really yeah, like looking exactly. across the, like sofa, sitting yeah. there. The Actually, I liked was great. Yeah. Actually, I like that one. I thought there was like one that, that was just like
3: a high angle from like a corner of the room. I didn't
0: and, and like And half of the frame was, was the ceiling that yeah, way. Yeah. I, I was like, that's odd. It's well, just, it's just a strange. What happened
1: is like some of those shots are so good that then when they cut to like a normal shot,
4: it seems <laughs> it's just so bad giant. in comparison, yeah, exactly. you know? Even
1: yeah. though it's fine, you know? I
3: think he just had a, m- a bunch of beautiful angles like that. And the editor was like, I don't know where the fuck to put exactly. them. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to throw them in at the end of the scene, like a crazy weird establishing yeah. This yep. th- location at the end of the scene. It was weird. But I understand, I guess, you know, he probably had a bunch of cool angles and they're like, let's show off a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that didn't fit. Okay, let's talk. stop talking about that. Because my, my first impression, <laughs> (laughs) I did like this movie. It Mm. was, this was really, let's just say it's my first time because my first time I saw it, I was much younger. I must've been 13, 14 and I forgot everything. So I really did enjoy this. I thought this was pretty suspenseful, not as good as his other other films. Uh, I enjoyed Psycho more. Uh, I think some other ones I can, Notorious, I even enjoyed more. There's some more, uh, Birds, I like more. Uh, So I was surprised.
2: You're
3: right. Honestly, both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, the score is so goddamn good, and it's it, it allowed me to kind of give me that extra layer to focus on, which was nice to me. So I got to kind of analyze it in that sense, which was lovely. Um, but besides <laughs> that, it sounded so lame. Isn't that lovely? It really was. It was a joy listening to this and try, being able to analyze certain scenes. And I would love to go back and talk about them because they're very simple uh, in the Orchestration and the phrasing, but it's so complex in what it's trying to do. So we'll talk about that more later. But anywho, um, but a good movie. The ending's weird. Well, yeah, <laughs> goddamn abrupt. And, and production uh, design's fantastic.
0: Production though. design is
3: unbelievable. The locations are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The amount of places he went and the different.
0: All the things they colors. did with San Francisco. It's and a visual delight. It it's really is. It's a sumptuous they visual delight.
3: Indoor. It is beautiful. And they went, you're right, they went to Muir Woods and they saw the redwoods, <laughs> the fake redwoods. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so beautiful. The, the port, Whatever that Fort Point is, god damn, I want to go there. I, I, I don't I think I've ever been to the Golden Gate Bridge, but I really want to go now. Hmm. It's definitely a love letter to San Francisco, even though it's about a psychopath.
4: Um, well, yeah, but now San Francisco is covered in homeless people and feces and needles. sure. I thought
3: it's all gentrified. All tech, now, dick
4: bags. I? Yeah. Mm, oh no! Yeah, there is a huge like problem with feces uh, currently in uh, San Francisco. Good. Yep. Just step over. That's lovely. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's get right to the story. Sean, can you give us a little breakdown? I'll try here. Uh, a little celluloid breakdown. Um, we got uh, we got Jimmy Stewart uh, chasing some perp across some rooftops as a uh, detective in San Francisco, and uh, he uh, slips a little bit and he's dangling from the rooftop, and his partner tries to help him, but he falls to his death, and so Jimmy Stewart is traumatized after that. That's kind of our opening. Cut to credits. Uh, then we're like hanging out with his college sweetheart i guess midge in her apartment we're introduced to her which is like weird cuz she's like really like 30 years younger than him but somehow they went to college together um but then uh he gets hired or he goes to see a uh, an old college buddy and uh, he's a building magnet, is it? Or a shipping magnet sure, or something? something like that? Mm, Some shipping guy. He's a rich, richy, rich guy. Importer, yeah. exporter. Yeah. <laughs> Art Vandelay. M- Big wooden just desk. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Money
1: comes from the wife though, right? <laughs> Apparently. That's the wife's that's family. Family. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. say, yeah. Yeah, that's
4: yeah. spoilers, man. Mm. Uh, no, so, they
1: say that in that scene.
4: Like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. in the scene. He well, says I, didn't, I didn't get to the scene yet. Spoilers okay.
1: <laughs> for 10 seconds from now, yeah,
0: yeah. okay, yeah. okay. So he's meeting with, his,
4: with his buddy, whose wife is super rich. Okay, and- now it's not
2: a spoiler, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and uh, the buddy hires him to follow his wife around because apparently his wife think or he thinks his wife is possessed and uh, he wants to uh. Uh, He thinks she's gonna hurt him, hurt herself, or something. So, or no, is that what it is? Yeah. Thinks his wife is possessed. He's worried she's gonna. I don't know. Wants to follow her. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. just yeah, hang out, make sure she's cool. Uh, He ends up following her really, really poorly, but she doesn't notice. Um, They he oh she jumps into the San Francisco Bay which is like a 2 foot drop but somehow she gets knocked unconscious and he has to drag her out of the San Francisco Bay uh he uh brings her back to his apartment uh she wakes up not as freaked out as you should be about waking up in some random apartment but uh, also naked yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. super down with it
0: yeah she wasn't super down. Um, she just she wasn't, was more down than she should have been.
1: That's yeah. true. We'll, we'll find out she, later. In perhaps. The, in the explanation why those things might be spoiler spoilers. <laughs> Derek.
4: So obviously they fall in love. Um, and, uh, you know, hijinks ensue. Uh, Basically, what, uh, oh, the uh, Midge sees her coming out of the apartment, so Midge gets jealous, obviously. Mm, yeah. That's a whole like B story that just kind of disappears. Yeah, it really fizzles out, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now that I'm yeah. thinking of it, <laughs> of course. Yeah, she yeah, just, Midge. just the fuck appears in the third. Midge, end. Poor little Lidge. Midge. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. spending all that time after college, yeah. they've been together for what, 30, 40 years now. and uh... Yet another loose end, <laughs> Al.
1: There's another ending where Midge is there at the end of the movie. Is there? So, There's an alternate yeah. ending? Correct. Oh, fuck. We'll, out I'll of talk, talk about we'll that, in that in a minute. Okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, um, where the fuck were we? Oh uh, yes, yeah, so then uh, they're you know hijinks ensue. They're having love around town. Uh, then she decides she's got to go to this old Spanish mission and check it out. And she's like, "Hey, if I don't see you again, everything's cool." She runs up to the top of the mission and commits suicide. Apparently. Wait, doesn't he bring
1: her there? Because no, no. minutes uh, later,
4: that's the second. This time.
1: is this is her egging him to the place, basically. Because she mentions the whole dream and everything, and then he's yeah, you know, exactly. like, Oh, I know that place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was saying, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. see, I know that place. <laughs> All
4: right, I'm gonna, no. so then his buddy goes away. Um, we uh, ba- basically Jimmy Stewart breaks down into uh, sort of uh, psychosis or what do they yeah. call it? Melancholia. Well, we melancholia. Did miss one he has acute
0: melancholia.
3: Yeah, you missed the one scene where he is in like. That trial. Oh, basically. yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, we have the trial with,
0: like, the weirdest, most rude judge in the world. Where he's like, so apart from the a- fact that you're a giant piece of shit, which I don't want the jury to take into account. I don't want the jury to to be thinking about what a horrible it is the most coward you <laughs> are.
3: Informal. <laughs> yeah,
0: mistrial. Like, dick.
3: They did with, not make anything. Only seven th- jurors, and it was just yeah, for position. Seven sake.
0: and yeah, and, and they're all
4: just sitting around a table. And I don't really understand what came of that trial. What were they? What was? Well, what they was were trying. They were quitting him. Basically, they were trying to say that what what they
3: all concluded was that she committed suicide, but he did not. He was not to blame.
4: Oh, so yeah. mm. so he wasn't on, but he wasn't on trial, right? Like, he well, was they a had to. Determine that. I guess yeah. it was like
3: an internal affairs, um, uh, maybe you know. Yeah, that's mm. weird. Well, he's a he's a cop or detective. Former retired. Detective, he was like, he was yeah,
1: retired. Yeah, I so don't he's get a it. citizen of There's that a scene so his friend could say bye to him. Yeah,
0: honestly, that's, that's what why it was. <laughs> that's why that scene exists. They could have just had yeah, never the coming back. Yeah. Best movie <laughs> that's ever yeah. made. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, so then we get to uh, the Spanish mission. She runs up the stairs. She dives down. Uh, we get the infamous vertigo shots, the uh, Zolly shots, which I'm gonna have an argument there because that's a fucking crane, not a. Dolly. Save it, save it, but save no, it. Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
3: and you're
4: wrong, but that's okay.
3: Say, say, save, it, save well, it. Well, stop, stop begging him. Yeah. Dump, yeah. Dump.
4: <laughs> uh, so yeah he after that he goes insane uh then he stumbles he basically walks across the this girl in the street that looks like the girl he fell in love with and he just starts stalking her and corners her and he's like oh, i gotta hang out with you because you look like my dead girlfriend and uh she acquiesces apparently and then he starts dressing her up like his ex-girlfriend which is really, really creepy. Weird. And weird, Mix and change your hair. Then yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Just gets kind of creepier yeah. and weirder. But then before any of that, there's uh, we see the flashback. All of a sudden, we're in her perspective. This is like the first time we like change from being with him to being with another character, mm-hmm. like seeing mm-hmm. shit. And it's really just kind of for that moment. I think like, yeah. uh, we don't really go back to anyone kinda else. Pop
0: back into his perspective. After it, that. Yeah,
4: exactly. But basically, we see like what happened from her perspective. And mm-hmm. when she ran to the top of the tower. Uh, The rich dude and his already dead wife were up there. He throws the corpse off and everyone thinks that the wife is dead because she's been an actress the whole time. Spoiler alert, M. Night Shyamalan, you know, whatever. Um, Kind of changes things, you know, context up to there, but it's whatever it is. So uh, from there, um, she decides that she's still in love with him and kind of wants to still make him happy and pretends to be... The other girl ish, but, or like, lets him dress her up essentially. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's still like trying to convince him to like love her as herself. Um, He finally catches on because she's wearing the goddamn necklace and uh, he drags her out to the Spanish mission and he's like trying to, I guess, get her to confess or get her to like admit what's going on, like, since he knows. And then he brings her up to the top of the tower to convince her. And then all of a sudden, a nun appears and she gets freaked out and falls off the tower the end
0: yeah yep so also worth mentioning that the necklace was uh in the, the neck- painting yeah yeah the, no, oh, the one in the painting which we didn't is painting from all, early yeah. yeah we didn't mention the painting either you saw the movie yeah, yeah. that's also a yeah. plot about the fucking
3: uh, it. Uh, yeah i just want to mention that uh i see here in wikipedia it says after the first preview hitchcock was unsure whether to keep that letter writing scene or not right mm-hmm. yeah. have and he decided to remove it but his associate producer, Herbert Coleman, no blah, 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 it. blah. It's a bunch of going back and forth and yeah. back and forth. And basically, it it's ended up being in the film after a test screening or whatever the fuck. So, it's just in the film yeah. now. He didn't want it. It's weird because well, later in an
1: interview that he does with Truffaut, he says that it's very important that that happens because then you start to kind of sympathize with her a little bit. Because if you don't have yeah, that yeah, moment- Then and and it starts the second part of the movie because once we know that, then we're just kind of uh, the momentum forward is then when is Jimmy Stewart going to find out and what is he going to do, you know? So Mm. it kind of it's it makes it a different movie and you know it is very
3: interesting because the perspective shifts and especially the ending now the way it is with her suicide I guess is really crazy.
1: Honestly, I think having that letter scene there is probably the best decision that's made in this movie like story-wise why
4: yeah, story-wise yeah story-wise mm-hmm. because it changes everything it shifts the
1: tone of the whole film
0: right? yeah
4: i i do think the whole movie gets better from that point on Yeah, i think the second half of the movie is is better than the first half well
3: i mean of course it's the reveal but i think the question is when to put it in should you have saved it till the end
4: no no because then you end mm. up with up or us sorry you end that up with you a Shyamalan film. Yeah. This is yeah. not a
1: Shyamalan film because you have that thing yeah. like there. You've got the big I, reveal thing I earlier. think that is
3: fascinating. I think it's also- I
4: think because right, you wouldn't identify with the character. I think it, yeah, because
3: it shifts the protagonist yeah. almost, which is really interesting because we spent all this time kind of sympathizing with-
4: A psychopath, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart. Well, Jimmy Stewart's not a psychopath until that moment. Right. So like, and she's the one that causes it, but we still sympathize with her after that in that moment because he is like such a fucking psycho, like trying to dress her up and change her hair and shit. And that was super weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's weird. It also like for people who have been watching it and saying like oh she would totally see him how she not see him in this scene. Like all mm. of that is oh, intentional. She happening. knows that he is following her. Mm. She's acting like like everything she's doing is right. acting. Right. Like through the whole thing. And then there's one moment where it seems like at least Kim Novak the way she plays it is her actually being honest and true and it's mm. like going up to the about to go up to the tower right. in the other right. scene. Yeah
3: the tossing and kind of turning see, yeah. at, the, at, the sta- at the foot of the stairs.
1: Uh Is that what you're talking about? I'm, I'm talking about before she goes. So right, before, before the first time, the, the first time, okay, the I first was time okay. Up to the tower, like they're in the, they're in the park area yeah. or whatever on the grass. Oh, she says it's not supposed to, it wasn't supposed to happen this way right. or something like some line. If like we that. never talk
3: again or we never yeah. see each other again, but we just still, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was apart from the ending, which was abrupt. I liked the story. I thought it was a cool reveal. It did it just take a long time to get there. The first act or two was just too long. It just yeah. could have been cut down and it really lost the momentum that like a psycho would have. and it, you know it just took too long to get to the good the meat of the and potatoes of the story. That did was you a think so, dear?
1: Make. um. I
0: didn't. I, mean, I didn't think that. Is that it was fine? Really? Yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed the pace of the film.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fine. I think there are some bits which are slower, but I think that the first part of the film is like when he's. I, I think that the things that he's doing following her are not particularly that interesting. And you're not
4: invested yet. Yeah. So sure, like there's. I mean, yeah, that's there's. Fair. You know, once you actually start to care about a character, it's a lot easier to go along with like these just sort of random car rides and like, you know, just observing yeah. someone. But with if you're one not, too many unnecessary turns. Yeah. Go, yeah. True.
3: I think that it's, I always watch the openings of movies in the first 10, 15 minutes because you really need to hook me. Uh, mm-hmm. And this had such a great cold open with the chase and then the, the cop jumping once, over yeah, him. It starts
4: action. Dude, it was, gr- was no cool. Su- I was not
3: surprised. <laughs> I was not expecting any deaths at all in this movie True. like that. And the guy jumped over him and died in the first 30 seconds. I was like, wow, okay, it's this kind of movie. And then we had like this 10-minute scene with him and Midge. Yep. And I was like, Ugh. oh. yeah, yeah was like a, a, a Mary Tyler Moore show. Like, yeah.
4: It was very- Lost all the momentum. And especially because that thread doesn't pay off in any way. Right. There's it really like, doesn't. There's nothing about that. It's just like- I don't know. It's not even a red herring. It's just like well, filler. Yeah, yeah Derek <laughs> hasn't
0: Derek hasn't uh, mentioned his oh, midge right. point yeah. yet. But like, it seems like based on that, because I was I was with you with just like, wow, that's a fucking loose end. Yeah. but uh, I guess that's more of an editing issue then.
1: Well, I, I mean, so the the only reason there's an alternative part for this was for censors. Like they didn't mm. like the idea that the bad guy gets away. So, or, <laughs> that the, or that at least it doesn't say that the bad guy suffers yeah. and gets caught or whatever. So, for the censors, they, um, they had this scene afterwards, which is with Midge and him, and they're listening to the, something about the fact that they're after the guy or they've caught the guy or whatever on the radio. And then it's just, that's it. And then Cop they turn out. the radio off, and then he's looking out, like, basically he's looking outside at the city how is that how how
0: is it worse that's that's bad i don't like that yeah that's That's um
1: that's what yeah hitchcock didn't like it at all either um but odd thing too again is it's actually in the script like in the 57 copy of the script that scene's there so Mm
4: -hmm.
1: i you get kind of these mixed stories about like exactly who said what
4: or you know Uh there's a lot of like I, I, that's part of my problem with Hitchcock in general, is just like when I went to film school, or even now, he's just like here he held as almost a god of filmmaking. Like to speak ill of the Hitchcock is just yeah. so, um, you know, blasphemous almost. And the truth is that, like, you know, like any director, he had to acquiesce. Like there was a studio involved and not every single thing that happened on that screen was completely his decision. There were, you know, good things and bad things that came out of his filmmaking, but you know, I don't think he is as, um, I don't know, as as omnipotent as everyone sort of, um, bestows upon him. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was still beholding, like you said, the studio. So, um, Shall we do a little bit about uh, some tropes that this movie has? Sure. Yeah, go Um, ahead. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to say the trope name and then if you guys can guess what it is and then we'll go from there. Otherwise I'll explain what the trope is. Uh, So dude, not funny. So dude, not funny. Any ideas what that trope could
4: be? no idea what that means yeah I don't no. know.
1: okay so is it's kind of like, like something in uh, something doing something as a joke or like a prank or whatever oh. and it ends up like like the reaction is like that wasn't no like the like the person has a really poor reaction to it gotcha hmm. like you tell a joke hmm. and it goes flat so there's hmm. one moment in this i do vaguely which
3: one
1: was that yeah I don't know the uh, I don't remember it oh. when Midge gives Scotty the oh god damn it the painting painting oh, yes. oh yeah that's oh, a yes. dude not yeah. funny totally. moment uh, there's another one there's actually I think this is maybe twice man what like a
0: snowflake
4: f- he is huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> God damn. And um, that scene, like so tonally like weird for this movie. I agree. Like, it's weird. It's, yeah. Just, it was an odd one. It's like a sitcom jammed into the middle of this like weird fucking. It was out of friends. It, it was out yeah. of friends. Yeah. It and felt it, like something like Rachel painted for Ross. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like and, some Mary
0: Tyler Moore. <laughs> hair. And, and she's she's like, Ross is like, hair, oh no, yeah, yeah, I, I gotta get out of the room. With,
2: stupid, with, stupid.
0: It felt like Gidget when she was pulling her fucking hair back. Totally.
1: Yeah. Okay. Another one fake out fade out
4: fake, out fade, fake out, out fade out oh yeah when we uh uh we kind of feel like there's the end of the movie when she like oh, for, first yes. commits suicide and then, oh yeah, yeah. There, there was a kissing yeah. one yeah. too yeah, right the, the,
1: the there was another one that was oh, yeah. like
3: an, an uh of a, a vignette that was closing in what was that wasn't there one like that?
1: There was There was the kissing one where we're like going around them and they've gotten back together and it oh, would yeah. be the natural place to possibly even in the movie. I like that everything's, moment. Everything's kind of happy. That is a good moment I like in the film. I that a lot. That was a really that good was moment. A, yeah, that was interesting yeah.
3: Interesting. That's one of my favorite moments. Wow. That's kind of one
1: of those moments that hit So Hitchcock has some complacent moments. There's one in Psycho where uh where um basically he's, you know, he's put the body in the back of the trunk and it's like uh he's put it into the water and he's waiting for it to go down and the car stops and then as the audience we're like come on go 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 <laughs> and then it starts to go down and we're like ah oh, yes and so we're kind of complicit in the thing yeah. so I feel like we're complicit in that scene too yeah. because we've seen the way he react like the way he acts and like wants her to dress up and do mm. all this kind of stuff but we can't help when she comes out yeah. looking like her And that sort that's of ghostly, a happy moment sort of, Yeah, it's kind of a happy moment even though we've seen what this That's guy awesome. is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's of. That's some
4: great shit. And his demeanor completely changes. Yeah, Like mm-hmm. before he gets her to look right, he is like, you know, a, I don't know, like drunk uncle, like fucking mean sort of yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah And then like, as soon as she comes out with the right hair, all of a sudden, like he is back to be an old smiley Jimmy Stewart. Yeah.
3: You could definitely look at this as a very harsh critique on toxic masculinity.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Seriously. You really could. Or male, uh, whatever, uh, over over aggression. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever you want to call it.
0: The male gaze. Yeah. To, a, to don't an extreme. Be before, I right? mean, he wasn't
3: just gazing, he was, he was grabbing. G- he was grabbing and he shoving was. around and, ver- and verbally abusing and psychologically torturing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Was is there any other tropes, uh, Derek?
1: Um yeah, so I got another one here. Um I don't know if this one's very good. We'll we'll go with this one in, anyway. Um <clears throat> is that the best you can do?
2: Hmm. 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 Uh so
1: that's when <laughs> that's that's when you do something and then like you do something big and then like the person's reaction to it oh. is like minor. Yeah, yeah. No. That. Yeah. So they say that's, that's when uh, uh, the, like, the line delivered by Judy, uh, when she presents herself to Scotty in the black dress, but his reaction oh, remains yeah. underwhelming. Yeah. So it kind of established that trope, hmm. apparently. Yeah. yeah, Man, he is awful. He is awful. (laughs) This movie is bad. Like (laughs) like, there's two hers. There's two hymns in it. You know, there's the hymn in the first There's The the hymn after Melancholia. I think
3: Hitchcock almost accidentally fell into this, this philosophical deep movie. Uh, Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in that sense. But the idea of of how we're looking. At ourselves almost because we are forced to empathize with this psychologically insane person who's gone off the deep end is actually really fascinating. <laughs> I don't know if he meant it like that. Honestly, I don't know if he meant all this la- layered mean, stuff. I, yeah,
4: we, we have a lot of connotations that are putting on it because of our modern day thinking, mm. but yeah, like, that's true, but- yeah, I mean, just our, our perspective on psychology, like, you know, back then psych, like psychology was a comedic element. Like, it, you know, if you were having a mental breakdown, that was something that was like, uh, not, not looked at the same way it is today. And so I think, you know, along with, you know, the, all these masculine elements and things like that, I, I think it's more of just that's the way things were more than his commentary on it.
3: I know. I agree. And I think there was a lot of good commentary. The Mozart stuff was really good, Mm. you know, saying how music doesn't solve this problem. And uh, the doctor was like, Oh, really? That sounds like a good idea. Maybe we should ask about his father.
1: (laughs) I mean, I hope when he's making this, he has some self-awareness about the fact that he's always casting blondes Mm -hmm. as their, his leading lady. And, And here, you know, he has a lot of Jimmy Stewart's character are at least somewhat what Hitchcock does in his creation of these films. You know, he is sort of obsessed Mm. with things. So I get put on this blonde wig and play this part. (laughs) Right, basically. And I mean, I I think that like, um, I think that there has to be at least some awareness of that. Because I don't think I think you' saying it, I work think so. if there wasn't.: I think so. You know? I think
3: this is later in his career, He's he knows the deal. He's a, he's, he can get a little meta.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mm. think you're right. Yeah, I'm wrong. He, he, he didn't <laughs> want to cast Kim Novak. Apparently. Wow, she's Visually. good. She uh, is excellent. In this, wow, she's I good. I did yeah. not know she was this good. He was also didn't
4: think she was that good in this. Really, really. Afterwards, really? yeah. I, honestly, uh, I, I tend to agree with him. I wasn't a huge. Fan you didn't of her. like her, really? Like, I mean, she's pretty, but like, you know, a lot of the. Uh, There's a lot of like overacting, melodramatic stuff. Well, when she's playing the actress, yeah, yeah, and that is like the separation that is a a hard thing to say, certainly. Mm -hmm. But
1: yeah, because yeah, she's playing. So she has to play two different characters, but also like a character playing another character, Mm. and then she plays Judy, who's we don't know if Judy's a real person, like, Mm. or if that's her again playing a character, right? Because of the accent that she has, which is totally different. Yeah. Uh, so yeah it's true it's tough to say
3: I just thought her her acting in the beginning as Judy as Madeline Mm -hmm. was so subtle actually because it was like subtly bad you know and I think that's what maybe was throwing me at first I was like is she she's just kind of wooden like it wasn't that good. but now that I think about when I looking back on the you know on the last third of the movie you're like Oh, so she was a bad actress. Like, she was hired as a bad actress. So she was playing the part perfectly. So I I don't know. It's kind of cool. She does
1: some subtle things, too. Like, uh, when she first – so when he first sees her as Judy, she kind of, like, does this nervous scratches her arm thing Mm -hmm. in the shot of her. Like, and she acts like she doesn't notice him. Mm. And that's totally, like, in the movie. And it's, like, so subtle that you don't catch it unless you're watching it a third or fourth time, you know? Yeah cuz um, it's still not revealed yet and so right you know,
4: well yeah that's true too and she's yeah. made up to look fairly different enough yeah yeah that's true
1: yeah he so uh his uh, so prior uh leading lady was uh uh grace kelly who mm. married uh married the prince of monaco that's right monaco before this so like left like retired from acting just like uh, uh, Merkel.
2: So <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow kind of yeah, yeah. And um and then he he was looking at somebody else. I don't have on on me who it was, but he was looking at another actress for this. Um, but there was some another kind blonde. Of, yeah, there was some kind of issue. They in were which, all blonde. Yeah, she you're right. she was uh, she was pregnant, and so mm, at the time he ruin your couldn't career. he couldn't have her. So then uh, he couldn't have her play the part. But she actually. Uh, apparently had the baby and everything by the time the movie was about ready to like shoot <laughs> so he could have had her come back and everything but by then you know like at least the way he kind of put it like by then he'd already like moved on and that mm-hmm. they could never quite even after that get back on the um, same uh it's the actress who's in um uh psycho as the sister like that's the actress who was initially supposed to play this part yeah yeah no idea
3: so not the, the what's her
1: name Lee? It's no, not not Vivian not Janet Lee. Lee. Hmm. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Mm-hmm. Vivian Lee. Jennifer Which one, Janet Lee? Janet or Vivian? I think it's Janet. Like Janet, like
0: like, J- like who is, is Vivian? Jimmy Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Vivian
1: Lee is Gone with the Wind. Janet, yeah. Lee, no. is, yeah, Janet Lee is yeah. Janet Lee is Jamie Lee Curtis's
0: mom. Mm. I might be wrong. All that all that makes sense. Yeah, there's <laughs> too many
1: Lees. There's yeah. a we lot of
2: less
3: Lees. Janet Lee is exactly who he said. I and have to now I'll check Vivian Lee. Viv- <laughs> we
1: yeah, got to find Lee? out about Vivian Lee. So uh, historically, what, what what is there in this to parse? Yeah. Like honestly, like I mean, uh, I only know of historical film stuff with this. Yeah, like ma- this male is... and female power dynamics, or yeah, kind of.
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you think about the time period, and also I, I'm curious when birth control was uh, kind of popularized or whatever you know made mainstream. Maybe it was in that era. Can I you mean, just, found just found talk upon about that? Well, I'm just in in general in the female feminist movement, fem- female sexual empowerment movements, all that mm. stuff. Just the male female the conversation the very pre- that's been going on pill, yeah. was coming to a head at, at that point in the early fi- early 60s, late 50s, I think. And I think mm. that was a part of the as a catalyst for it, sure.
4: But yeah, I mean, all of the females in this movie were very much like just driven by pleasing men, essentially.
3: Like Absolutely. That, uh, I mean, just the fireplace stuff symbolism in itself.
4: Well, you know? I mean, before that, even the whole midge stuff and like you know, you know, yeah, the the idea that like he knows that midge still is like waiting for him and still wants him, and like mm-hmm. you know, she she's blatant about it, and she like that's all she seems to be there for is to, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He
3: can pop in like Kramer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's yeah. also some level of animalistic desires in this because there's. So uh, I yeah. only caught it this time I was watching it. So uh the first thing we see of midge is her like drawing a brazier right mm. and actually the reference too because actually it's a scene where she says this is a brazier he doesn't like know the new thing is yeah, there well, it's a new fangled brassiere. new fangled brazier. yeah cantilever yeah. um Cantil- and then <laughs> like a bridge and then later in the film hold them uh, things up. later in the film and uh i saw this again in a interview
4: from, Oh, Truffaut is that the bra she's wearing when he sees she's, her? In...
1: She's not wearing a bra. So she's not wearing a here at all. And of course, like Hitchcock makes- Wait, who's not? Uh, uh, Judy. Okay. Judy later is not wearing a bra. Yeah. So there's kind of that 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 difference, right? Which is completely intentional because it's in the script and mm. everything, you know? Um, one is very bound and- One is bound and like, kind of like sticking to conformities yeah. and the other and one, one is a little more free. and easy. Free. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. um, I thought color played such an important role. I mm-hmm. guess maybe we'll yeah. save that one for later. But it did have mm-hmm. such an important role in the story and the characters and everything. So I, I, I guess we could talk about it. just the green and the black. Uh, the green in itself was pretty crazy. The way in her apartment. Yeah. yeah, the yeah, the green in the apartment, but also earlier that was her outfit. Yeah. it was also the red, one of the outfits so really was actually popped. green yeah. and black trim. And I thought that was so cool in the end when they kind of played that off, you know, and when half her face was in shadow and half mm-hmm. of her face was in green, like she was playing with Judy or uh, Madeline, right? Or I guess mm. really what's her other? I guess those are her two names. Those are her two names. Judy and, and Madeline. Madeline. Gina, yeah. Yeah. Uh anyways, um Carlotta. Carlotta, <laughs> Carlotta right. <Frats> over Carlotta. <laughs> 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 Uh, I don't know I think um,
4: we we have to talk about Jimmy Stewart
3: we're forgetting about Jimmy uh, because we talk about him like every fucking podcast um, (laughs) it's
4: the Jimmy Stewart show uh, Uh,
3: let's um. just compare him I guess we have to keep comparing him to his other roles which is unfortunate because this is a great role he's still good he's always good let's be honest he's a little less
2: charming
0: in this one
3: is that, a, is that a you know that's a tough thing for him because he's it so is, charming. It's
0: tough. Like I, I was thinking that as we were watching this, he's just the
4: most watchable actor. Yeah, especially yeah. in the beginning, like when he's in that first scene in the apartment oh, with Mitch. Yeah. Just yeah, extremely charming. Like even though he's being kind of a douche to her, like he's yeah. still very charming about it. Yeah, he, he I can look make. Up, anything. I look down. I look up. I look <laughs> down. <laughs> I look down. I look down. I look up. <laughs> Back he, into the left. Yeah, exactly. he can, he <laughs> can so
0: say anything and make it sound good. Yeah, you know. Really good. Yeah. But, uh,
1: uh,
3: yeah. uh, what else? What else? Any other characters that kind of st- stood out to you guys? Any of the, uh,
0: Ronald other... Reagan? Not really. Ronald
3: this <laughs> wasn't really a, a lot of other
0: <laughs> major
1: Ronald characters. I mean, it was yeah.
2: almost like yeah. a stage play it with a million really, different yeah. locations. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know? That judge was really, uh, a douchey
2: yeah, guy. Yeah. 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 That,
1: guy, that guy
0: didn't like him. No. <laughs> no.
3: No. Let me just say, I feel bad for Midge a lot. I mm. liked yeah. Midge. Okay. Midge. Thought she was great. Yeah, Mitch is great.
0: She was a good Hitchcock did a good woman right there. Justice, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like her character, because she just drops off the face of the earth in the third act. Yeah. Not there so at all. Why did no, she even exist? No resolution whatsoever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's just like she just existed for him to bounce off of, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he will probably go yeah. back to
1: her now. Yep. You know, after and, the and end of the there's, film.
0: There's something to be said for, you know, a fair amount of
4: inherent misogyny in, in Hitchcock's work. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: true.
4: <laughs> he might agree with you. Hitchcock? Yeah. 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 Well, he yeah. wasn't he like divorced like 10 times or something like that? Like, uh, yeah. I'm not a psychologist. No. Oh,
3: come on. Yes, you are.
4: <laughs> I've seen your degree. Armchair psychology? Yeah, I'm armchair a lot of things. So if you guys were to uh, cast it today, uh, who do you think you would uh, I, select?
1: Absolutely. Ooh. For this performance, mm. I think Nicolas Cage mm. in the Jimmy oh, Stewart part. That that a thousand
0: percent. That's a good one. Yes. Ooh.
4: That's a good one. Yes. thousand percent. I, I keep thinking Alec Baldwin just cuz like there's a few moments nope. where he just Stephen like Baldwin. Mm, yeah. He definitely <laughs> looks like a Baldwin in yeah. a lot of shots in this movie. he does. He does there's yeah. like he like when he squints his eyes and like gives that look, there's some Baldwin-esque qualities there. But that the Cage man, I don't think I can beat the Cage. Uh, no, I, I think, really think
3: can't. That I I'm going to be honest. I think that's a good pick if you want this to be a little funnier. Well, it depends, uh, if you want, on, what, just, it depends on the he's Cage. He's going to do get. his thing. He's going to go crazy. He is. Uh, he's going to go ape shit. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. you're going to yeah, see yeah. that whole there's sequence gonna, yeah, with his face flying at you and you're going to laugh <laughs> you're <right. laughs> yes.
0: Yes. oh you're going to yes.
3: laugh that was a <laughs> sequence think about that, that.
0: Yeah. oh man yeah, what a trip that was I was not expecting that
3: yeah. <laughs> anyways I think Daniel Day-Lewis would be a, a serious uh, good pick for this
0: huh,
4: one yeah He Uh, he doesn't have the charisma. He's got the the gravity to pull the the end, but he can't. That leads me to to Paul
0: Dano. I think Paul Dano would probably be a fit. Not a bad pick. Yeah. This leads me to Dax Shepard. He's he's bit. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) You know Matthew Miller would be. (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right. uh, What about for Kim Novak's role? Uh, Lady Gaga. Any of the Absolutely, Not bad. Not bad. I don't don't think she could do it. I don't don't think she could do it It is a hard role. It is a hard Um, role. We need a a real lifer. We need a a ringer.
2: Yeah,
4: Judy Dench.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Judy Dench.
4: It's got to be someone like a third of the age of Nick Cage. Okay. All right. (laughs) Wait, uh, we're making this movie. Jennifer Lawrence. That's too old, I think. No, I think it's okay.
0: No, she. It, I. I feel like she'd be good in that part. I still but think. I still he think. He does look get, young.
1: I still think Dax Shepard and <laughs> Judy Dench got a hit film. It's
3: not a hit Maid, film. Man. <laughs> I mean, I,
1: we're paying to see that. <laughs> sure.
2: yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I'll go. See not that. a yeah, name yeah, actor that gets ten bucks. out of
4: me. What about the uh, the college friend? Mm. Ooh. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Mm. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I can see your name. A, a little flip casting. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking about Midge. Oh, oh okay. yeah, Midge. No, oh, I, I, thought talking, you know, I thought you were talking oh, about the I, about the, uh, the dude. Yeah, I was talking about the the uh, shipping magnate. But yeah.
1: uh, Oh, oh well, my bad. Reese Witherspoon. Though. Reese Witherspoon also, is Midge. Yeah. Or as both parts. As, yeah, exactly.
2: Dual she puts parts. on a mask and yeah. Scooby
1: Doo's it. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Matthew Broderick as the shipping magnate. Mm. Matthew I don't Broderick. Know that he with can do like a little mustache.
4: Intimidating though. I was thinking, uh, I was no, thinking really McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, You're good.
0: Oh, shut my mic off for a minute. Uh, Don't do that. Carlotta Valdez. Was it- <laughs> Carlotta? Carlotta Valdez. She was all right,
4: man. She
2: was all right. <laughs> what was that uh, Tom man, she was uh, in
4: that? Um, I think it was a Ben Stiller movie where he's like got like really hairy forearms and he's oh, like screaming yeah, and shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is, uh,
0: Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Tropic yeah. Thunder? Oh yeah, he's the yeah, agent plays, in Tropic yeah, Thunder.
4: Like, like
3: Goldstein or Rosenstein. Yeah. yeah typical. I, th- I think that'd be a good <laughs> <Yeah>. shipping magazine. <laughs> now I just
0: want my- <laughs> McConaughey hey, Shepard Judy <laughs> This
4: is a Fucking horrible movie. I tell you what, Dax, <laughs> man, she she's just acting strange.
0: <laughs> I think she's gotta tell you the verdict. Here, hang on okay. a sec. I'm gonna pop my shirt off.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Joey, what it sound like. Okay. So there's not too much to say about the other stuff, the dialogue, the sound effects, the background sound. It was pretty standard um, mm-hmm. studio sound. was decent. Uh, the, when the dialogue was used for the close-up sound, the actual production sound, it sounded pretty nice. And I, I think is a testament to the really great microphones and microphone preamps of the late <laughs> 50s. Uh, they were probably using some great post-war Neumann mics, you know, some really great German stuff. Mm. Anywho. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> anywho. Uh, when we so,
4: stole all their scientists and operation Paperclip? I think Joey saw my eyes glazing. <laughs> yeah, I had to switch topics, so I'm going to try to circle back.
0: Somebody out there really cares about this. No, it's no. Not no, it's somebody does me. email us in. Joey feels bad. Yeah. I always feel bad, so who cares? Cellulite break yeah. in the
3: Twitters. Okay, speaking of circling back, uh, the music was all about circles, I thought. It was really some beautiful moments. There's tons of beautiful moments
4: here. We have, we can go down the line Was of this all like my- a Seinfeld Triangles moment? Kind of. You know what? <laughs> um, Triangle, if I start getting too Kramer-esque, just stop me
3: and I'll stop spinning around and talking about this score. Um, There's a lot of Kramer in this movie. For sure. Okay. <laughs> we haven't Seinfeld talked about Kenny Rogers' Roses yet. Exactly. Uh, so first of all, the score by Bernard Hermann. Uh, famous for a lot of scores. Okay, he did first of all Psycho, which you all know is amazing, and obviously Citizen Kane and all the rest of of Hitchcock stuff. Some other stuff with Orson Welles, Rear Window, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Anywho, a, a big a big dude. Um, Orson and-
1: Welles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge. <force>. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, so I just want to say that the music had a lot of amazing themes. The arpeggios going up glissandos? and down. They were, yeah. if you will, glissandos. Now, they weren't quite glissandos because they weren't— I
0: heard one on the stairs. Here's why they're different. <laughs> and
3: here's why I think it's actually a really fascinating difference. Because a glissando is a gradual increase, almost like a ramp up. Mm. And I think you can compare that to insanity, like an immediate— Burst of insanity. For instance, mm. if you listen to The Dark Knight, whenever we see the Joker, it's always that Hans Zimmer-esque uh, Shepherd tone glissando up. Sorry, I was talking about Shepherd tones. Can tugs? you can
0: you do an no, impression, impression of Shepard tone? Sh- okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's like a car, like driving a vehicle. Yeah. It's exactly it's like that. a vehicle. You're you trying to uh, do a
4: Shepard tone? Yeah. Well, I'm not I no, can't no, do I, it no I'm saying you're almost there like I would have to jump in and like help you yeah exactly yeah I would be right. have to slowly fade out and <laughs> exactly. we actually need Derek to chime in too you need three octaves <laughs> three uh, octaves you need wow. three
3: octaves anyway like a barbershop quartet of sound. exactly <laughs> wait did you even of, I don't know if yeah. you meant to say that but that's what we often yeah, yeah. said as the analogy is yeah it's a barber pole of sound is that it seems to go constantly up but never actually goes anywhere hmm. so a shepherd tone <laughs> is constantly used by Hans Zimmer uh, especially in Dunkirk because it's great because the, it seems like the tension is constantly increasing when it's actually just really it's not going anywhere but mm. it, it's a great device anyways it's a great device here because not only did he ramp up he didn't ramp up he did level up he, a lot yeah,
2: oh Nolan. yeah yeah
3: of course Hans zimmer Nolan. yeah they love that shit and it's and that's a great way to also build the tension with time and We can go through that later, but no, I think it's a great comparison because it's different than this version, Mm -hmm. which is more about levels, which Mm -hmm. is like usually these triads, these set of notes or these chords where they ramp up, up or down or going down. Sometimes if he's literally going down a staircase or going up a staircase and they use a lot of counterpoint to go up and down to symbolize. The slow, gradual descent into insanity rather than these immediate moments of rage and, and psychosis, like the Joker, for instance. Tim, do you, do you agree? Or are you kind of giving me a,
0: a quizzical look? No, I'm just looking at you. Okay. Interesting.
4: <laughs> Stop looking. No, that's fine. I just thought
0: you might have had a question. That's no, I'm holding in a fart right now. <laughs> it's a
4: podcast. They won't know. Well, anyways, it was well, great you guys as well. And, uh, yeah.
0: I
3: think this is one of the great scores because it's it's classical in its sense that it uses motifs, like we've talked about earlier with Korngold in, um, in Adventures of Robin Hood and all the classical operatic techniques. But it also uses subjective sound and subjective music, which is all about making you feel the way – The protagonist feels. And that's amazing because it really does do that a lot. And it switches between these themes and goes back and forth a lot between these leitmotif classical styles, and then these kind of impressionistic, you got to feel insane because Jimmy Stewart's feeling insane. So I really appreciated that. And again, I could go scene by scene and through all these different dualities. Um, Let me give you a couple that I thought were really amazing. Um, When we had the scene where he recognizes her necklace- uh, we had this bum 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 bum. These mm. four notes, which symbolize kind of his um, quizzical, his. Yeah. Um, it's it,
4: that standard realization. Sound. Yeah, the investigation. Uh, yeah.
3: the you know with standard, but they actually switch back and forth between the romance theme that he had with the strings. Mm. So it's went between oh I love you to madness to I love you to madness, and it went back and it's forth. Kind of the same thing. Exactly, but it was just as as the scene called for, and it was so subtle and so nice, but. You know, if you noticed it, it was that extra layer of emotion to that scene. Uh, there was more of them, too. I could guess I could go through. Um, anything else I want to say? Yeah, he did a lot of great stuff with simple modulation. And I don't mention modulation enough, but modulation is basically a key change. So sometimes you could have a major theme going on, a major set of you know notes there. And it sounds one way, bright and happy. And then you could tweak it. Modulate it to a different key and it's minor or it's a completely different key. He did a great job of doing this with one note and it was, and it went back and forth between romantic and mysterious and the uncertainty of moments. Like, just like you were feeling uncertain, you know, whether this woman was in love with you or not, or whether she's telling the truth or not, or whether she's a ghost or not in the beginning, there was all this uncertainty. And he just used that to such a great extent to go back and forth between these feelings of uncertainty. Okay, I'm talking too much. No,
1: it's fine. There's a there's a bit of a controversy about the sound depending upon which one you hear, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, uh, so this thing was actually not available for a very long time. Like I think... Uh, s- 60s to it, it so got re released in like 83 that. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then it came to home video, Conven- yeah, conveniently on, when home uh, video came out, uh, like- yeah, shortly around that. And uh, 1996, they went back and they did like a six channel DTS stereo soundtrack. Hmm. And in order to fix <laughs> some of the hisses, I believe you mean 5.1. Uh, according to this, it says six channel DTS sound, yeah, it's, the it's 5.1. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sound guys, I'm just reading. I here's the thing is I'm of two minds here I appreciate the accuracy
3: but he really is being a troll right now <laughs> yeah, he so. is because it's yeah. still a
1: separate you know, separate track yeah, right? it's, it's continuing <laughs> it's six channels right yeah, yeah, the yeah, so, whole okay. point one, gotcha uh, so yeah so <laughs> so yeah so to finish my thought uh, <laughs> basically they would put over like apparently they would add extra sound effects to cover over those things such as uh, you know like Seagull cries and fog horns. I did notice s- a lot
4: of birds. Yeah, I saw a lot point. of horns. Like what were they covering over? Geez, they so were covering horns. over
1: hisses, pops, and bangs. Uh, uh, just, throughout the throughout the soundtrack, I guess. Oh, just like shit that they couldn't get rid of? Shit that they couldn't get rid of, gotcha. basically. Uh, and then also that mix had been accused uh, uh, of putting too much emphasis on the score at the expense of the sound effects as well. Mm. Um, that actually um, I did want to comment on. Okay. Uh, and I didn't notice
3: it a lot, but there was one moment where I thought it absolutely qualified, and that was the fireplace.
2: Mm.
3: The fireplace mm. is such an essential part yeah. of this, and a, a nice little callback to different scenes, it would have been very nice to have the sound of it a little louder in the mix. It was so, so low. It was so subtle. And that's something that needed to be louder, especially when we cut for the closer shots of it, which was weird. Um, other stuff too, the background sounds of like the traffic was just low. And then there was those loud horns and it was distracting. It, it yeah. was like, why is the traffic so low all of a sudden? And all of a sudden we
4: hear a loud last horn. It was weird. I didn't like that either. There was randomness yeah. to the the mix essentially.
3: And I thought maybe that was, I guess, explains the hisses, I suppose. But I don't know. They got rid of a lot of it here. And I, I, I get that. You know, I don't mind hiding right. some Well, mystics. apparently
1: in 2014, they released a uh, – They did a 4K version of it that actually removes uh, some of the excessive Foley Hmm. soundtrack from that version. So it goes back a little bit more to the original, I guess. I think that also- it was originally mono, so- (laughs) Oh, yeah. Not totally original.
3: I think the music was was very good. It was definitely overused, but that was because the editing was just overused. There was just scenes where there was just a lot of walking, and you have to fill up Jimmy Stewart creeping down a hallway with something. You know, yeah. got distracting. Tim, are you asleep? Is that
4: boy of shit? <laughs> no, okay. Tim's sorry. Wake up, Tim. Sound, 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 hey. sound, sound, sound. We
0: do these things in the middle of the night. He's <laughs> <laughs> checking a little cap nap. It's cool. I'm an old man.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> As he checks
1: his watch. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Let me just say a couple more stupid musical terms that I thought were fantastic. A, a great use of dissonance uh, showing... And the ability, this guy, this composer to use simple major classical moments like the romantic theme and mix it with dissonant impressionistic moments is very impressive. This is a a cross, a bridge between the old school and the new school of the time. And I really uh, appreciate it. And this was before Psycho, right? This is two years before that he got to really refine that technique mm. and use it perfectly in the shower scene. Like mm. literally it's that, it's this exact technique to, a climax to the perfect use and that's why we get the most iconic use of strings at, for murder you know what I mean it's still in use today probably so anyways kudos Bernard <laughs> Hermann you're yeah, amazing good
0: job dude way to go
3: You're good. Except, okay, let me say one more thing. You did a little bit of a racism thing. Uh, Sorry, but I got to point out one racist thing you did, Bernard. Uh, Whenever we see Carlotta Valdez's grave trip scene, Mm. we had a little Mm. bit of hand symbols there. Uh, Yeah, I get she's Hispanic, but... Don't have to put Hispanic music every time mm, you hear Hispanic name, true. guys. Just like you don't have to put Native American music. And Mister Smith goes to Washington when you're making a racist <laughs> joke about a savage.
0: That's really? a little bit. They did that. Yeah, yeah. they did that. Yeah. I gotta mm. listen to that episode. I gotta start listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <you should. laughs> uh, Another listener. Anywho, uh,
3: sorry just to point that out. You know, mm. I know, but you know, just try not to use the stereotypical music just because the person is that race. you know, yeah. Don't have to do that.
4: True. Okay. Whatever. Well, gentlemen. I have a new game for us.
2: Ah! Oh, new game. game time!
4: Yay! Oh, those timing was bad. We'll um, No, I won't. I won't do anything of the sort. Um, yeah, uh, we are going to play the uh, Guess the Gross, I guess we're calling it. Oh, it's not that. Yeah, that's just, yeah. If we'll workshop it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, guess, so, the gross. Uh, guess the gross. Guess the gross. Guess the gross. Yeah, put a little more stank on it. Like, guess the gross. Guess the gross. There oh, you go, buddy. God damn it. God damn it. Oh, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. oh my God. So just click over. Man, the switchboard the is really falling
0: God. apart in oh this episode. God,
4: Let's get rid of that one, huh? Yeah, that's, I got to do something about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is that even? That's, uh, let's not dwell. us yeah. not dwell. Yeah. Oh, we'll do a TVC uh, about it later. Yeah, so I got some movies here. Uh, uh, today's theme is going to be, uh, movies or remakes of Hitchcock movies. So, uh, I would like you gentlemen to guess the, uh, essentially the total domestic gross box office. So these are going to be, uh, uh
3: how, can you tell us how many of these there are?
4: Uh, five total. And
3: can you are you to name them to us.
4: I uh, will, we'll go one at a time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. So, geez, man. Let me game my game. God. My bad. Uh, I got excited. <laughs> so first off, uh, we have the movie that is referred to as a new vision of a classic nightmare. We are referring to Gus Van Sant's 1998 classic, wow. Psycho. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: yeah. I
4: forgot it was Gus Van Sant. Starring Vincenzo yeah. right. So we're guessing box office for yeah, this? Yeah. How much do you guys think that that, uh, uh, $20 that bucks. brought in? (laughs) What? uh, Like this is total, you said? Uh, Yeah. Box office domestic gross. This is a very standard number you can find on many places that seems to be consistent. Box office mojo, IMDB, and Rotten Tomatoes all kind of have the same number. So that's what we're going off of.
1: 18 million.
4: Are we going closest to the the pin? Yeah. We're going to go round by round each one closest because I don't want to do that much math. Fine by me. Yeah. So Derek, you said 18 mil?
1: Yeah. Let's go 18 mil. Okay. Timmy, What are you thinking?
4: Fuck it, man. 32 mil gross. 32 million. Joey. I'm gonna go
0: fifteen. Fifteen million. Please. I also wanna have twenty bucks be
4: another valid answer. Uh the correct answer is twenty one point forty eight million. Who wins? That would go to Mr. Derek. Derek, Derek so so close. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I mean that extra five million, I'm sure, went to somebody involved with the thing anyway, and they just, you know, unpocket that in. You know.
3: I went to see it unfortunately. You did? In theaters. What'd you think? I did really? see it in theaters too. I was a kid. I liked it. <laughs> I, I saw it on
0: HBO I'm when I was idiot. a kid
3: and I liked it. I'm an idiot. I was a kid. I'd
4: like Transformers.
3: <laughs> well, that was good at the time.
4: Yeah. Hmm. The next movie tagline The quieter the streets, the darker the secrets. We have two
2: thousand seven
4: Disturbia. Oh, Jesus. This is apparently a, uh, a recreation or a re-envisioning of Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it is. yeah.
2: Disturbia. Yep. What
4: Disturbia. year again? I'm sorry? This is na- uh, 2007's Disturbia. Uh, that mm-hmm. is- God, this is going to be high. Probably. I watched this movie a lot. Okay. I'm going to so
1: go
0: then... first. I was Directed like yeah. by 16.
4: DJ Caruso. I'm going to say 35. 35 million from Joey. I'm go 42. 2
1: million from Jamie. I'm going to go 60 million. He's 60 million from And it's going to be in the hundreds probably. No way. No. Uh,
4: Mr. Derek takes it again. Jesus uh, motherfucker. we have 80.2
0: million. $80 million. Yep.
4: That gum. Is...
0: Well that was at the peak of Shia's fame. It really <laughs> was. <laughs> it was at the peak of his fame and also David Morse Really using the- uh, Fair to, enough, I yeah. suppose. And Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss as the ma. Come on. All right. Yeah. So. And uh, uh, who's the- No, Nobody else.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's it.
4: Sean, right. you guys ready? Yeah. All right. So the next one, a powerful husband and an unfaithful wife, a jealous lover. All of them have a motive. Each of them has a plan. We are talking about 1998's A Perfect Murder. Mm. This is a remake of Dial M for Murder, a more direct remake. In a world. Yeah, this is um, Michael this. Douglas, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Michael Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow... Vigo Mortensen. I've never even fucking how many, heard of this.
3: How many sexy erotic thrillers does Michael Douglas have
0: to be? <laughs> he does a lot of them. <laughs> <I> Michael Douglas <laughs> is a sexy and erotic man.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember this one. I saw this one. This one's where 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 he hires uh, Vigo Mortensen to do the thing, and then and then it doesn't work out and then uh, <laughs> and then it ends up not being Viggo Mortensen hired somebody else to do it oh he's subcontracted up, yeah he's mm.
4: subcontracted never trust a that's
1: subcontractor that's the problem
4: yeah, yeah. Mm. fucking workers these days man you just get, you hire someone they don't fucking do they the job they hire somebody it's else it's fucking bullshit keep, everybody's everybody now totally yep. man it's, yep. oh, all the way down uh, so what do you guys think A Perfect Murder brought in? I haven't even heard of it, so I'm going to guess. Well, it's Michael Douglas. It's 1998. 30. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to guess higher
0: than my original <laughs> guess. <laughs> what are you going to guess? Uh, uh, $49 million. $49 million.
1: All right. I'm gonna go 62. 62000000 two million.
4: We'll go 63. You <laughs> son of a fuck bitch! You. Fucking punk.
2: Yeah, really? Fu- <laughs> fuck you,
4: Mr. Laporte. Prices right you with a fuck out of there at uh, 67.6 million. Dang! Shit, <laughs> yeah, dang! 67 million.
2: We need to write wow. these answers down Michael next Douglas. time.
4: Michael Douglas. Yeah, this is uh, well, Derek won, but uh, we got two more movies to go. So.
2: Yeah, but yeah. Derek yeah. might not have guessed 63 yeah. if he didn't the hear first my 62. Three, though, so. Well,
4: I mean you. You guys have been trading off who starts each time. Yeah, so is start time. I'll, I'll start this time. <laughs> I'll start this time. Is us not one yet? we need to D- to uh, one You had lost. Yeah, haven't
2: lost, lost yet. I haven't
4: lost. so going
0: for a shutout, Mister Laporte. <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> all right, let's hear. Uh, it. Let's see. Give me just a, oh, I, I know what the people want. You know, <laughs> uh, back then, good night for money.
3: Mm. Sean, we don't need this summary. It's okay. Oh, just, just, I kind of like. It.
0: Hey, shut no, up! Dude. I like the summary. Yeah. All otherwise, right. I wouldn't well, I just thought because he was having a second yeah. to load it. That's Sorry.
4: All. But... Expect the impossible again. <laughs> <laughs> Mail us in with your thoughts we on have... whether
0: or not you like Sean's summaries.
4: Two thousand, directed by John Woo, Mission Impossible Two, what? which is a remake of Notorious, apparently.
2: Oh, is <laughs> <What>?
4: <laughs> <laughs> this one was a, actually, I brought the link because there's like an argument about how this one actually plays out. But apparently, like, if you actually break it down, uh, it does kind of line up with the plot, by or the step-by-step sort of plot. So I can read off this dude. What's the plot of Mission Impossible 2? Uh, wrong button. Right? I thought it was uh, the worst uh, one. Motorcycles. So, yeah. so Not the- this guy's summary that kind of is supposed to encompass them both is, an agent is teamed with a woman he's never met before. Uh, whose father has uh, been convinced, uh, convicted for spying. The woman agrees to revisit a past relationship as part of their mission to get close to the villain. Our hero isn't too comfortable with this, but goes along with it. The villain's amorous intentions distract him into jeopardizing his plans. There is a smuggling... Uh, smuggling set piece at a racetrack uh, the heroine ends up drugged and our hero must rush to save her uh, we are talking about Notorious or Mission Impossible 2 here or is it mm. both mm. I'm uh, going it's it's a stretch but I was looking for a few movies that, that are, just because
1: yeah. they have similar he
3: plot points, points. Yeah. doesn't mean uh, uh,
4: I'm
1: going I'm going high on this one yeah. I'm, going, I'm going 170 million
4: 170
1: mm-hmm. going right on Anyone else, uh, Mr. Bonnier?
3: fifty-five. One two hundred
1: million dollars. Probably gonna get it. Two hundred million. It
4: is Mission Impossible too. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be big. It's Mission Impossible, fucking two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking two. Fucking <laughs> two. Mr. Snow takes this one. Sons of bitches! Out. There yeah. goes your shutout, Derek. Yeah, indeed. In yeah. uh, uh, Mission Impossible Two, came in at uh, two hundred and fifteen million.
3: Ah, nice. Awful at this game.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: So, uh, Owen asked his friend Larry for a small favor. We have 1987's directed by Mr. Danny DeVito. Throw Mama from the train. Oh yeah. Mm. Which is a um, uh, what is that? Uh, um, Stranger on a train. Stranger on a train. Yeah. Thank you both trains (laughs) Uh, it is actually you know crisscross you do my they literally watched Strangers on a Train in this movie (laughs) really they go to a theater like that's like where they kind of hatch the plan they meet at the theater and watch Strangers on a Train
1: but I didn't get this one this is a hard one (laughs) Mm. go for it
4: Uh, this this is a great movie if you guys haven't seen it I love Uh, this fucking movie Danny DeVito is a good director okay Um, Uh, I'm gonna guess
3: 1987 87 okay I'm gonna guess uh, 42
1: 2 million, says Joey. guess 73 million. 73 million,
0: I think mine was has up. Derek. Mine was yeah, I'm going to guess, guess uh, 36.
4: 36. Oh, man, you guys going to make me People. do math. Um, it's in the middle of something. Yeah. Uh, I think that goes to Derek. Uh, yes. It is 57.92 million. That's a
0: success. Yeah. Yeah. It's a successful picture for, for Danny DeVito. I mean, like, what other stuff has he directed? Um, I don't. What's he done?
3: Does he, did he do Junior or something like that? Or? No, he
4: didn't do Junior. What, twins, uh, uh, they, they do there is that? a twins remake coming up. Ugh. Um, is they, he directing that? I don't think so, but uh, there is Put him it's, in going, there. it's going to be triplets. Do you guys know who the third triplet is going Christ.
1: to be? No,
4: Godfrey. no. no. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Uh, oh that's pretty good
1: that's pretty <laughs> yeah. good alright uh, I like it
4: where the fuck are you oh there we go he's got 23 directing credits he has member trading places
2: that's a good one. yeah, that was yeah that's a good movie
4: oh war of the roses he has um, mm-hmm. Hoffa Matilda mm-hmm. oh, Death, um, uh, huh. let's see nothing else I really recognize I like that. The smoochie, it's a lot of. I've never seen that. to smoochie, it's it's decent. I I haven't seen it since it was like released on DVD, I guess. But I thought Matilda was fine. That was great. I don't think I've ever seen
3: Matilda. Matilda's a good one. That the smoochie has some great performances. Hmm. Robin Williams,
4: Ed Norton, Jon Stewart as a bad guy. Oh, really? Really? Hmm. Jon
0: Stewart gives a good performance. Yep. Come on, it's it's weird. Wow!
4: It's not just John Stewart being John Stewart. Nope, he's, an,
0: he's like an actor, John Stewart. Wow! Oh. John Stewart's not even good at being John Stewart.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, well, we can't talk about Vertigo without talking about
4: a particular
2: camera <laughs> shot.
4: Uh, oh, here we go. I, I believe you're referring to the uh, the, the Vertigo zolly. shot. The vertigo shot. Who called it the Zolly?
1: Uh, they he recently did. call that now. Yeah, that, yeah. It, I
4: don't think he ever did, but it is, it, no. it's is—it's the Zoom and the Dolly at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, it has been, um, I, like I said, I was arguing that uh, this is more of a crane situation than a Dolly situation. And then but, Derek, uh, Derek, was Derek gonna, is going was to re- contradict yeah, will, you.
1: Uh, I will tell you how they did this. So, uh, is is he, it like a, he said a, a first off, or something? That's what it is. Yeah. He said first off that he had tried at one point to get them to do this thing in Rebecca. Mm. Um, but they couldn't do it at the time. Viewpoint, and then he goes on, viewpoint must be fixed. You see, while the perspective has changed as it stretches lengthwise. He said he thought about the problem for 15 years. Jesus Christ. Uh, by the time we got to Vertigo, we solved it by
4: using the Dolly and Zoom simultaneously. Oh, well, that's true, because Zoom lenses is like, we kind of a newer invention, correct? Like, yes. That's not something that was very readily yes. available until… Yeah. yeah.
1: So he says, I asked how much it would cost, and they told me it would cost fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> the uh, shot of the lens. <laughs> the I guess doing doing this whole shot and right like, getting this whole thing accomplished. Oh yeah, building Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I asked why, they said because to put the camera at the top of the stairs, we have to have a big apparatus to lift it, counterweighted it, and hold it up in space. Wow. I said uh, there are no characters in the scene; it's simply a viewpoint. Why can't we make a miniature of the stairway and lay it on its side, then take our shot by pulling away from it? We can use a tracking shot and a zoom flat on the ground. So that's the way we did it, and it only cost us $19,000. Uh-huh. So 19000 for that, the guy who did the soundtrack on this got paid 17000 uh-huh. So wow. more for that shot yeah. than for and i just looked wait up. they Check.
3: got you mean the composer
1: yeah the composer bernard the amount got <laughs> sweet <paid>. Bernard. <laughs> sweet bernard for, i think all music, little... so that includes oh isn't that
3: <laughs> nice thanks for paying me yeah. less than one shot
4: cost. <laughs> yeah. so apparently the uh the first uh industrial production zoom lenses were introduced in 1932 and uh then like they were uh, not great until like nineteen fifty three is when like really oh, professional okay. looks a regular and started cinema out. da Vinci um, yep. that Alfred Hitchcock indeed yep. had
0: to wait for the technology to catch up to his ideas. <laughs> yeah,
4: he's like a uh, James Cameron of his time.
0: No. Kubrick. You could say Kubrick, <laughs> Kubrick did it too, huh? Yeah, totally. Hey. Yeah,
3: with like NASA
4: lenses and shit, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't
0: disagreeing with you. Oh, oh, sorry. But then I was again, just kind of well. thinking of what he was doing at the same time, which was like Paths of Glory, which is...
4: But that's just how uh, technology drives
3: filmmaking yeah, he's a in different, general. Like, his prime was in a different time than that. Yes, Cox. it was. You yes. know, you're comparing yes. Michael Jordan to LeBron James. Mm. Mm. Okay, fine. Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant. Mm. Okay, I'll shut up now. Jesus Christ. No I don't know about shit sports. about basketball. <laughs> Jesus Okay, <laughs>
4: so aside from shot shot too far, yeah, I mean, it starts that shot. Well, we only get that shot like uh, a few times in the movie. Yeah. We do start off the movie with it, so he was obviously uh, showing us that he he was uh, making this thing work. Um, but then he holds off on doing it until we get up into the uh, that steeple thing again in the Spanish mission. So, yeah. oh wait, no, he they do a little bit when he's like doing the uh, look up, look down uh, stuff when he looks out the window, right? I don't, uh, I, mean, I don't think that they did. We just no, looked at the yeah, No, just did show uh, the heights. Right yeah, because it very, would have been too expensive. The daintiest <laughs> faint. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, other than that, though, like, the, the other thing that really struck me was just all of the fucking very high and very low angle shots. Um, mm. There's a lot of, like, it, you know... It, A lot of it's, like, you know, fine and works and is okay-ish. But then there's, like, scenes where it's just him and Midge, like, walking out of the apartment. And it's just way too high for some reason. And it just feels, like, awkward. There doesn't seem to be a reason to do it. There doesn't seem to be anything other than the fact that, like, hey, we can put the camera here. So, like, let's go ahead and do it.
0: That's the thing about Hitchcock to me is, like, you know, there's definitely an element of genius to his work. That can't be denied. But, like, a lot of his stuff seems like like style mixed with a happy accident sometimes yeah. um and and you know that can't be pulled off all the time. so we end up with these awkward shots true. where it's like the fuck is this
4: yeah, that's true that the happy accident didn't happen on that, but he still yeah. has the shot. And he's got to use it so. exactly yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Or there, there was that that courtroom shot that uh, I think we all noticed where like yeah. half the half of the frame was the ceiling the yeah. why.
3: yeah Yeah. I didn't get that either and and obviously as a sound guy it pisses me off because it just means more reverb
4: yeah because you can't get the boom in there (laughs) yeah
3: That's true. And that scene was annoying. Yeah. I was like,
4: okay, I can barely hear them on these wide shots. Let's cut closer so I can fucking hear what they're saying, please. Yep. Oh, that was the same as the uh, the shots where they're supposed to be in fucking Endor, where they're in the trees oh, and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, of, yeah the, you can uh, barely fucking hear them. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you do ADR? The either? Wizard of Oz Didn't scene. get that. Yeah. Didn't
3: get that. And you could have totally added a, a little tad of reverb and some of that background sound of the forest, and it would have sold it. Mm. Instead, we got like a big cavernous
0: studio. Yep. Well, they totally did shoot Endor in the Redwoods, didn't they? Yeah. Fuck.
3: <laughs> did we say who the uh, cinematographer was?
0: No, I never do. Um, uh, this is Robert Burks. Yeah. Know. Did a lot of work with uh, Hitchcock. Mm. A lot of work
4: with Hitchcock. Well, uh, getting back to a point that uh, Derek made, I think He, he did hit on something that we have all these sort of like very standard tried and true filmmaking shots. And then we just kind of randomly cut to these very stylistic things where he's like experimenting and trying and it just doesn't work for me. Like it's, it's, uh, can you think of which ones? Um, I mean, it, it, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's like the one, uh, basically all just all of these shots where everything just cuts in at the either beginning or the end, like showing as essentially establishing shots that are just awkward. And like, like you, the ones you guys pointed out showing the ceiling, things that are just way too high or way too low. We have just weird perspectives on things when it's not natural necessarily to the story. Like there's points in this story where like, it totally makes sense to have crazy Mm -hmm. camera angles when Jimmy Stewart is going nuts. But for the most part, the camera's pretty reserved during that time. And like, Uh. he just kind of lets Jimmy Stewart do his whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that was like something that really struck me the second time that he brings her to the, or when he brings her to the tower, the second time they're at the tower, there's this, uh, this moment where Jimmy Stewart is pushing her up the stairs and he has this like big freak out moment moment. And half the shot is out of focus. And it's like, yeah, he used that because that's the fucking Jimmy Stewart performance shot. That is the one that like Jimmy Stewart is completely emotional right. and has everything. The AC fucked him, but he's gonna use the shot anyways. Mm-hmm. And you know that I, I just, yeah, that that sort of stuff just bumps me and bumps me, me too. yeah.
0: What did you guys think of the uh,
4: the dream sequence? Oh God, the the uh, as you put it the. the the uh, Willy Wonka fucking uh, uh, yeah, yeah. boat trip. Thing. It also <laughs> reminded me,
0: I, I don't know if you guys have seen Cameron Crowe's 1992 smash hit singles. No. No? No? no. Somebody out there email us and <laughs> let, let me know that I'm not alone. But uh, no, that that's going to go right over your fucking heads. Never mm. mind. But either way, uh, yeah. What did you guys think of that scene? I liked it. You liked it? Yep. Mm. You didn't feel that it like kind of... Was it out of place at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems seems a little out
4: of place. Especially yeah. when it
0: cuts to the cartoon. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, the, the, the fucking Batman logo
4: shit, man. I like like yeah. when his his face is like cookie cutter out around like some psychedelic shit in the background with his hair flapping yep. and shit. Oh like, my god! Yeah, um,
0: strange.
3: I don't mind. I thought it was cool.
0: I just liked it. I thought it was. The thought mo- it, was it, it was the moment he lost his mind. So I thought. Yeah. I guess yeah. It Just it felt very. It really kind of like. There's bits and pieces of the movie that feel really classic and timeless, and that Mm. really felt like kitschy early 60s cinema. I
1: I don't mind. I I liked the kitsch. I liked the camp. Maybe I just like the You do like that, though. I I like it. I just do. It's a weird thing because we're in his head so much, and we're with him so much, and then when I see something like that... It's unnecessary. It's a separation from Mm -hmm. the character because I'm not feeling like that, and... I think that like the way that it goes so over the top. Yeah. He showed is, he was crazy. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's like you're separating us from him. It's almost
4: like then, visual exposition. It's kind of like, yeah. it, it's just off-putting and like blasting it in your face again. And like, it's a hard sucks. transition to the next sequence,
0: yeah. which mm-hmm. is th- that whole sequence kind of threw me off. Uh, the bit in, where he's in the sanitarium yeah. for melancholia or whatever. Yeah. It did yeah. through me I, too, because he was immediately most, free after that. I spent that. most of that scene trying to figure out if he would like, Was he crazy the whole time? Mm -hmm.
4: Like, I, it just really didn't fit the whole movie is literally just him sitting in there and everything else just took place in his head. I was a little worried
0: that that was what it
4: was. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is the greatest fucking movie. Ever.
3: <laughs> so uh, I forgot to mention one thing about the music, which was interesting because they did. he specifically quoted um, a a musical line from Richard Wagner's Tristan and Isolde. And I think if you're familiar with that. It's all about the same kind of thing about a dude who's just obsessed with a woman, I believe, and goes crazy. Uh, so I thought that was really cool how they had a musical interlude. And That was right at that moment where I think she was walking um, down the hall – sorry, Midge was walking down the hall after talking to the doctor, and you really saw, oh, wow, Mozart's not going to do it, and he played this quote, this musical quote. I thought that was really cool. It was like, okay, he's past the point of no return here, and now there's nothing that could save him. Now, again – this is all 1958's views of mental illness, so it's all weird. And I think that's part of what you were saying about that trippy scene, is that it, it was just a big misunderstanding of what mental illness is. And it's just saying, oh, you have vertigo, oh, you go crazy. It's all just one big trippy scene where you see faces fly at you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
3: stupid. I get it. But I think I do, I don't know, I just like... It's it, it, whenever I see it, I immediately think Vertigo, and I I'm mean put into this single moment in time, and maybe it's just basic nostalgia now. But whenever I see that crooked, cartoonish man, right, I don't know. That, I'm always yeah. I, know, uh, I think it's a cla- it's, Like it's, that's a classic
1: part of the movie, yeah, because you know. But at, as it works in the movie, I don't. Think that it really works? I you know? totally
3: get your point, and I Louis think Tunes. maybe even Hitchcock would agree with you if he if you talk to you right now. I bet I bet he'd be like, "Yeah, it probably wouldn't fit" or something like that. You know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. okay, Well, I, this is just a taste thing.
4: Yeah. I liked it because it's kitschy. Yeah. So Joey. Yeah.
2: Okay. Welcome it's to Cast Gear Picks. We have <laughs> to enough. leave my
3: shit in. <laughs> It's even funny. I didn't know you made that a button. That's great. It's a button. <laughs> I was about to do it. <laughs> yeah. God. It would have been really weird if I did it on top of
2: myself. You did do it on top of you did. Oh, you I sort of stopped, did. but yeah.
3: Okay. Um, so guys, let's talk about the four biggest Oscars of 1959, Shh. which actually awards the best Shh. films of 1958. Mm. This is the 31st Academy Awards.
0: Who so, hosted? Oh, that's a good question. Ones. Who did host? Jerry, Bob
3: Hope. It was a lot of people, but Jerry Lewis and Bob Hope were definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Olivier, Tony
4: Randall, Mort Saul. Oh, quick Edith. question. Speaking of Jerry Lewis there, do you think that uh, Jimmy Stewart is actually a drunk um, like every movie we see him in seems to have some character relationship with alcohol. He didn't drink is, in the morning. This time. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then he checked his watch because he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess uh, it's still yeah, morning. I suppose
4: it's a little. Uh, yeah, right. I, I was thinking, do you think it's a Dean Martin situation where like he just kind of always ends up playing the drunk happy guy, and he actually isn't? I a, Just think a, every a, character drinks in every movie. That's just like smoking yeah. back then, like that. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Fine. He also doesn't smoke in this movie. That's a good point. I guess that's true. Okay. Does anyone? Uh, uh, the, yes. the uh The the feller that owns the bookstore offers mm. uh, him and Midge a cigarette, and they're both like, nah, nah, nah. dude.
3: <laughs> not having that cancer it's like, nah. Nah,
0: nah, nah.
3: Okay. Hitchcock um, wasn't into propaganda. Yeah, yeah. I guess not. Yeah, real iconoclast. So interestingly enough, this was not nominated for a single Academy Award. Not very interesting. Hmm. Oh.
0: <laughs>
4: Hitchcock was often snubbed, wasn't he? that's true yeah snubbed undeserving wow well he was considered kind (laughs) of a a, filmmaker you know
1: he got a lifetime oscar right and he has the shortest speech thank you that's all he said (laughs) really that's awesome awesome. you ever see joe
0: pesci is uh accept his academy award for Uh, i think it was for goodfellas he also just kind of like walks up and he's thank you
3: (laughs) 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 okay Uh, i love that two line impression that was great or the two word impression Thank you. <laughs> I think that if you can do a two-word impression for every person, that's enough. Because if, if you get the person with two words, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, best actor, guys. Spencer Tracy, The Old Man in the Sea. Mm. Sidney Poitier, The Defiant Ones. Tony Curtis, The Defiant Ones. Paul Newman, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. David Niven, Separate Tables. Sidney Poitier. Two of them from The Defiant Ones. kind of interesting. Mm. Cat on a Hot Sydney Tin Pautier, Roof. Sydney Poitier, you say? You say kind of. How do you say Paul Newman? Yeah. What was the, what was the first option?
1: Spencer Justin Tracy. You old Man in the Sea. Let's go, Spencer Tracy.
3: The answer is actually David Niven for mm.
1: Separate Tables. <sighs> Son of a bitch.
3: Never heard of yeah. Separate Tables with Rita Hayworth. Burt Lancaster.
4: Rita Hayworth. <laughs> wow. Well, 1958. I okay. only know her from uh, Shawshank. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was kidding. I was about to
2: make a Shawshank joke.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, best actress we have. Deborah Kerr, separate tables. Susan Hayward, I want to live. <laughs> to say, it has it has an exclamation point. I had to
2: say it like that.
3: Shirley MacLaine, for some came running. Rosalind Russell, Auntie Mame, or Elizabeth Taylor, cat on a hot tin roof.
1: Oh. I'm going Liz Taylor. Yeah.
3: The answer is... Susan Hayward for,
4: <laughs> I want to live. Yeah, I live.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we suck <in> this.
3: <laughs> okay. Best director, Richard Brooks, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Stanley Kramer, The Defiant Ones. Vincente Minnelli, Gigi. Robert Wise, I want to live. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Robson, The Inn of the Sixth Happiness. Sounds like it's almost a snuff film.
4: Mark Robson.
1: I'm going Cat oh. on a Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to guess Gigi.
3: The answer is Vicente Minelli. GG. What's wow. Someone got
4: a
0: point.
3: Oof. And here's the big guy. Best motion picture. Mm. We'll go back to the five. They keep going back and forth. Eight and five. They still go back and yeah, forth. Yeah, they do. We're 10 and a I I guess mm. 10 and five. Uh, okay, so here we go. Cat in a hot tin roof. Anti-mame. The defiant ones, GG, or separate tables?
0: Separate Cat tables. Roof.
3: Going defiant ones. The answer the
0: is
4: gg <laughs> oh. You still win, Tim. You got the one point. Yeah, yeah that's true. I was the only one who guessed anything. Yep. Hey, Gigi. look at me. Wow. A- Are you sure it's not Gigi with fucking yeah, Angelina I, Jolie? Honestly, that's why I picked it. Is because <laughs> I was
0: just thinking <laughs> Gigi. It's like you know what? Fuck it. So, <laughs> I,
3: I don't know, gg Gigi. Uh, no. Gigi. Do we you have, know, have to put it on the list? Gigi. It's a musical. Taylor in that or no a musical okay. romance film. Um, starring oh Le-
0: Leslie Karen, please don't make us watch Maurice a musical. So, Chevalier. Um, I
1: guess Chevalier. making titles with like exclamation marks was a thing back then because yeah. Yeah. apparently, uh, with this film, uh, they didn't like the title Vertigo and they tried to like they gave like a list of suggestions to change it. Can you give us all of them? <laughs> yes, I have actually all of them. It's a, it's a lot though, but uh, uh. The The reason I bring up exclamation marks is uh, two of them are, uh, well, one of them's, don't leave me.
4: <laughs> really? <laughs> Never leave me. Wow. Yeah. A, afraid to fall guy. Yeah. Uh,
1: Follow the woman. Follow the woman. Follow
4: the woman. That's (laughs) a yeah. Good God, fucking Uh, executives. Yeah, the (laughs) apparition,
0: starring James Stewart. Uh, Follow the woman.
4: Who's that girl? Became a movie.
0: Fucking, I guess Uh, that's Madonna, right? Like Stalker, the movie
1: starring James Stewart. (laughs) Too late, my love. Uh, the second life. Uh, Okay. Yeah. The, the, there's well, one. like five guys smoking cigarettes in a windowless room. Came up with all of these. <laughs> yeah, a life that's is forever. A life is forever. Nothing is forever. Those are now and forever. Titles. Yeah, those are all
4: bound. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, past, present, and future. The score ver-
4: ooh, felt ooh, very that's, bond. That's a, bond. We came up, up with that. Past,
1: pre- yeah, I lived. I repeat. jeez. Oh,
0: past or uh, the the score kind of felt Bond like to me. In a it way. absolutely mm-hmm. had a lot of the spy
3: themes, I thought. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Because but I actually really I didn't say this because I was talking way too much, but it did have a lot of interesting, different spy themes. So whenever he would go to different locations at like the flower shop or mm-hmm. go to uh the bookstore or whatever the fuck it was mm-hmm. everywhere the fuck you went, or the embarcadero, or it was a different little spy theme, and they were all dissonant and they were all unique and they were all very James Bond esque. Mm-hmm. You know, they had mm-hmm. the subtle strings and the build up of tension. It was really yeah. great.
1: So, yeah. so two more of my favorites. Yeah, what's up? Uh, huh? Footsteps. Just, just, what? footsteps. Just footsteps. At least there is an exclamation point, please. No, That's a no exclamation It's no, Not a fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cry from the rooftop. Cry from the <laughs> rooftop. <laughs> Man, wow! <laughs>
0: Who the fuck came up with these?
1: Uh, October execs? October twenty fourth, nineteen fifty seven. Yeah, this is uh, this is titles for it from from executives. I love how it's yeah, like by the, the studio. It's a scan of of the original, and the original sheet. Yeah, sheet <laughs> typed up. So it has like uh, in X's over like one that I guess they didn't like that much, and then mm. they changed Can it we to see? portrait. You can't really tell. You can't really yeah, tell because it's X'd over. it well. They X'd over real well. Oh, uh, it must have been a, r- a real stinker. No, mm.
0: it says Madeline something mixed Madeline. Mixed nope. Madeline? Well, no. Oh, they they put a lot of X's in there. Oops. Uh, something Madeline.
4: Mm. Ms. Yeah. Madeline. Ms. Madeline. Yeah. Made Madeline. Yeah.
1: Anyway, garbage titles. Yeah. Glad he stuck with Vertigo. Yeah. That's a better title. Certainly is. Yeah. Vertigo's
4: a fine title. Might be the best thing about this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although, follow that woman.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Um Wow. So, Is that, that prequel to Waldo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, follow right? That follow that woman. Oh, so no. Dumb. Follow that bird. The Sesame Street movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't see that. Yeah, man. Was oh, a, yeah, we'll uh, have uh, to put that on the list. It was our favorite. Yeah, let let me write
1: home. that on the list and see if I can send yeah. it back in time. Mm. <laughs> Effectively, fake time.
4: Stickler. Past, present, future. Any uh, miscellanei or a yeah, anybody got any uh, rata? Not really. I
1: had. I did have one interesting thing. So uh, the name Elster mm. is uh, German for magpie, apparently. <laughs> uh, and there's a whole sequence because uh, she ends up wearing oh, like is that the Judy- pin and shit. Yeah, she yeah. has. She has a pin that's that right. So there's like this sequence of her like wearing these different necklaces that. Are kind of revealing herself, and finally she wears that one necklace, which is her big mistake, uh, which then leads him to realize that Judy is Madeline and Madeline yeah. is Judy. Um, but Fickles before that, point. yeah, before exactly. that has the has the thing that's basically saying "Elster, it's Elster. If you know German, figure mm. this out." This very subtle. <laughs> Hint. Yeah. Instead of me just telling you the yeah.
0: truth, if you in Deutsch. Uh, <laughs>
3: speaking of European subtle hints, um, this is one subtle racism that was used well by the composer. Uh, when they had their 360 degree montage, when mm-hmm. they're kind of going on their honeymoon, yeah. if you mm-hmm. will, you know, the, the going in time, they did go on their honeymoon to Europe, and they did this little moment of adding a beautiful instrumentation of adding this French accordion, you know, the typical mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're in the street, you're hearing in Paris. And I did a little of it. I thought that was like, oh, okay, they're in Europe now. The Stereotypical European music. I don't know. Whatever. I thought that was a nice subtle moment. Yeah. And it wasn't too racist. And, and you can be racist against French people, apparently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same. According same to same films. Cheese eating to Joey. Just... No, I didn't say that. According to movies. Yes. According to movies. Okay. Um, one of my miscellaneous errata that I thought was funny was uh, Sean noticed that they said mm. speedometer instead of odometer when referring to how many miles that person went. I don't think they're a shipping magnet. I, I don't think, think
0: <laughs> the average audience member was <laughs> that knowledgeable on like the the various parts of an automobile.
3: But this speed speedometer, I feel like that. I feel like, I they feel like people back then literate. were
4: more knowledgeable yeah, about their they, automobiles. Yeah, than they they drove
3: stick shifts. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they knew they were, how to change yeah. a tire.
4: They knew, they, they knew that the tachometer was what they had to look at when they changed gears. He like, rehearsed <laughs> that whole speech, you know, and then, and then he screwed up on exactly. that part. And that yeah. was the best take. That's
1: a performance for him. Well, that's also a performance for the character because it's all bullshit. No.
4: You know? there you go. You know, so that that is also like a really good scene to break down. Um, I often use that one in my classes for um, blocking. So like, it's a really uh, it's. There's not a whole lot going on with the camera in that sh- in that scene, but like the way that each of those characters move around and take possession of the scene and take power over each other is really explicitly mm. like yeah. detailed in the blocking. Like in the beginning, it's kind of Jimmy Stewart's scene, and he's like over oh, that the bigger person and he's kind of like taking everything over. And then all of a sudden it kind of like settles down and then, Oh shit. Now this dude is in control and he's like throwing some mad, crazy weirdness at me. And yeah, things are weird.
3: I completely agree. I think he's a master at that. I think you give him a beautiful location. Hitchcock. I mean, he'll get, he'll shoot the fuck out of it and every, cool direction Mm -hmm. to really give you all these interesting ideas i think the problem that obviously occurred was they probably did too much and they probably gave the editor too much or something Mm -hmm. and they just picked too much of it um one more thing though i thought was funny and you may remind me of it was the speedometer odometer thing was a moment from kill bill where she says uh the bride after being in the coma that her legs are suffering from entropy Mm. Do you guys know mm. what the correct word should be? Atrophy. Exactly, atrophy, yeah. and it bugged the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. It Still does to this day, and I don't get it because this is Quentin is Tarantino. Entropy economic. Entropy is the dis- disorder. So everything has the tendency to disorder. Oh. Scientifically, everything yeah, s- yeah. systems tend to At- disorder. It, it, yeah. it,
0: there's also like a more nebulous definition of that. But.
3: I suppose, but atrophy is the right word because her muscles yeah. literally atrophy. That's well, what yeah, she was looking for. Well, entropy
0: matter. is like a dispersion.
3: It can be Into chaos yes, because chaos is yeah exactly the chaos opposite is of concentration. a ladder. You know, yes. <laughs> According to Jeff Goldblum, chaos is. I, don't I know, mean, that's not the say? only
1: problem with that movie. I mean, chaos would Bill, theory. Would, would Bill actually be a comic book nerd? Yeah, mm. uh, maybe. Yeah. See, there's lots of problems. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Anywho, um, any
0: other errata? So you yeah, have Quentin's listening. Quentin, yeah, yeah. yeah. You He's, fucking suck, dude. <laughs> you're not getting hired. <sighs> sorry, hard. sorry. More we more like more. That harsh. Uh
3: Quentin, if you're listening, I would like to be your next uh, music editor. I feel like I could choose your next soundtrack. It's really easy. You just choose a really popular song from the '70s. So, Quentin, if you're listening, listening <laughs> boy, uh,
4: give me money. Yeah, that too. Please. The, the other note I have is, um, as a society, I believe we should bring back velvet wallpaper. Yeah, that was nice. Um, Solid. Yeah, yeah that, that was the it's the red bar with all that like. it. The, 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 yeah. the reds with the deep
0: browns were yeah. just so beautiful in this film. What was, like uh, especially in uh, in Doodlebug's office. Yeah. Uh, uh, the shipping magnet. Yep. was his fucking name? No idea. El- Elster. 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 Mm. Elster.
3: Um, what is the uh is this this is in Technicolor? I'm sorry. Is this the how, what this
1: division? This division. Yeah.
3: What is that? It's just uh, a different process. <laughs> it's
1: it's actually it's kind of like widescreen early widescreen back then. Uh you could it could be in 1851. It could be I think that that was the main thing that it could be in. Yeah. But, but High it did resolution have a range.
3: widescreen. Yeah. But it was introduced in 54, so it's pretty new.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, don't, I don't know how close that is to CinemaScope. I know that they are kind of around the same time. They were kind of. It
3: says, Paramount did not use the anamorphic processes such as CinemaScope, but refined yeah. the quality of their flat widescreen system by orienting the 35 negative horizontally in the camera gate yeah. and shooting into a larger area.
4: Yeah. So there were like a few different ways that they tried to make widescreen. Basically, this is like when film was trying to compete with television. Um, So they were, you know, they making things wider and wider. This division was one where they turned, like you said, they turned the film sideways. Uh Another one was anamorphic where they like, anamorphic is basically like analog um, uh, compression where the lens is actually squeezing the image together on the uh, vertical axis. And then when you project it, you have a lens that unsqueezes it on that same axis. So you're kind of like taking what is a wide panoramic type image and squeezing it into like a square frame on your um, on your film, which when you're dealing with film green, that makes sense. These days, when you put an anamorphic lens on a digital camera, that's a whole lot of, you know, cinematographers drifting yeah, off sorry. in my opinion. Good but
3: question. When, when you compress the anamorphic and then you show it on a projector, it goes back to that wider. You need an lens. anamorphic
4: projection lens as well. So you have an anamorphic lens on the camera an anamorphic lens on the projector. So one shrinks and one presses essentially. Yeah.
1: Some of those digital cameras had like a squeeze, they call it, and then you could then you could actually you could see kind of how mm. it would look like things kind of squeezed together, and yeah. it looks really it's like a digital odd version of unless it unless you have it back to like
4: normal. Oh, you I know? See what you mean so I mean this is getting into one of my big pet peeves I fucking hate anamorphic especially today in the digital usage because anamorphic is a hack anamorphic was a way to squeeze a larger amount of uh, visual information onto a smaller piece of film so that you didn't have to spend money on turning the film sideways you didn't have to have these big bulky ass cameras the other system that they used for widescreen was literally three fucking cameras and three projectors I believe that one was CinemaScope CinemaScope. yeah so that's where like they have a mount where every shot there are three cameras all working together three yeah. camera teams you'd have then, to
1: cut down on this like you you'd have to take seats out yeah. so they the the you know so you can fit the projectors in. yeah and then, basically yeah. and so you'd have less people in the theater which is not what yeah. theaters wanted with VistaVision, you didn't have to
4: do that apparently it was one of the yeah. sides but uh, my biggest pet peeve with anamorphic is that it works on film because film is almost infinitely granule depending right. on your ISO, Correct. whereas digital has a specific pixel size. So squeezing and unsqueezing doesn't work the same in digital as it does in you know the film Correct. world. so it's just fucking people trying to do stupid shit with stupid My things.
1: reference was solely for a visual purpose so that you could understand like Sorry. what it means as that goes thank you I appreciate it the the podcast listeners
4: also appreciate it if Joey can explain Glissandos for fucking three hours I can talk about a goddamn anamorphic lens. that's
3: true agreed that's (laughs) true agreed Um, are there any movies that are good with anamorphic well, the, are, are we talking like our big like Lawrence of Arabia stuff, like the epic uh, widescreen? Lawrence of Arabia, I
4: think, was Cinemascope. I think that was one of the few. I have to. I'm, my history that. is bad on this. Um, but that kind of epic. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Spartacus. Anamorphic became the winner essentially. So like most of the movies that you remember, like all the Spielberg shit, and like you know most of our movies growing up, were anamorphic lenses because it was a cheaper way of getting that done. So that's why all these cinematographers like anamorphic lenses, because it reminds them of the movies that they watched when they were kids. But when you put it on a digital camera, it's just stupid and changes your bokeh. Changes your bokeh? (laughs) Bokeh. Yeah, bokeh. Bokeh is the... Um, out of focusness, blurriness of things in the background. Um, so it has to do with depth of field, but like when things go blurry in the background, especially sources of light, like how those sources of light look. So in a normal lens, the bokeh or the sources of light, when they go out of focus in the background are still circular, where on an anamorphic lens, they tend to tend to stretch out on the horizontal axis. So you end up getting like more streaks of light or blue streaks in the background, as opposed to glowing orbs, we'll say. Interesting. Okay.
3: I can see maybe if there's a certain type of movie it wants to use that style, maybe it could work, I guess.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of movies that use it these days, and it just, you know, it, I mean, it just bumps me. The other big thing I hate about anamorphic lenses is a focus pull. So it wasn't too, uh, well, this wasn't anamorphic, but uh, in when you are using anamorphic lenses and you change focus from something in the foreground to the background, the entire perspective around things change. So it's just really bumps everything. It calls attention to any focus pull very immensely. Whereas, you know, when you're doing this division like this one was, then you're turning the film sideways, and now you have a huge-ass fucking camera. I liked the...
3: D- the deep focus. I thought that was mm. cool. I really liked a lot of the the detail in the background because maybe just because every shot looked beautiful and there was so much set design, but I appreciate that kind of stuff where I can maybe, you know, watch a second viewing and maybe see something in the background. Were some of before. those like
0: just really deep focus
3: it's
4: shots or, or were there actually split diopters? I don't think there were any splits, but there were a lot of like... uh backdrops and matte paintings and uh, I'm talking about like, like there was
0: a two shot specifically uh, when he was in uh, uh, Erster's office Elster whatever the fuck Doodlebug's office mm-hmm. um, where he's in the foreground and Elster's no, in the background the,
4: I've seen that scene a lot I, I'm almost positive that's all just deep focus so nice. he's on wide lenses and everything so that helps there's a lot of light in there it's very bright so you can close down the aperture a little bit get some more depth of field mm-hmm. so you know it's I, I'm yeah, because they were
0: both super sharp yeah. and it just looked great
4: I usually, guess, usually, <laughs> usually what huh hmm? what <laughs> well, I was just gonna huh? say when you turn the film sideways you have a larger film plane so that is actually gonna give you shallower depth of field oh, okay. so that's actually something he would've been fighting against essentially to get deep depth of field shots in this movie because mm-hmm. inherently the technology would've been like giving you shallow depth of field if you're familiar with like a 5D it's kind of like that same sort of problem
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh so, oh sorry, sorry. So, Go
3: just for Lawrence Arabia it says super 70
4: oh yeah, yeah okay so that's just a bigger piece of film so literally everything is just twice the size your yeah. camera is fucking huge and everything is yeah, yeah. essentially what we call IMAX today they've blown yeah. this
1: up to 70 millimeter before isn't that that thing that Christopher Nolan invented
4: yeah basically with the lasers
1: <laughs> yeah Um, so shall we hear from some IMDB reviewers? Let's go to the critics, Derek. (laughs) Um, so first I'm going to read a, uh, 10 out of 10 review. Very short. Oh, wow. Uh, someone who loves this film. Uh, Cain 316. Hmm. Back in 2004. Is that Austin's brother? May 23rd. Absolutely. Malkane 316. (laughs) (laughs) May 23rd. 2004. Mm. He went online and wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> quick reviews. <clears throat> yes, quick. As other reviewers have gone into greater depth. Oh, so and I can't away. add <laughs> anything new. I can't Everybody add anything new.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, baby, what a film! <laughs> 1958! Three exclamation marks. This this has plot twist. Even effects that put movies of today to shame. One of the most complex films ever made with something new arising with each viewing. I think this, along with The Seven Samurai, is the best movie of all time. Wow. The first time I watched it, I had no idea how it would end and what would become of Scotty and Madeline. My only qualm is the fact that Midge completely disappears from the movie in the second half.
2: (laughs) Why? (laughs) Can we have that as a drop? (laughs) Why? Why?
1: (laughs) It's not important, though. (laughs) Superbly shot and immaculately directed, as always... 10 out of 10 mm. 83 out of 157 found that helpful Yep. Yeah. alright <laughs> alright uh, next up we have a 1 out of 10 review nice uh-uh. yeah. from a is it mine nope <laughs> but it is a friend of the podcast. Oh, oh sure. my goodness. Really? <gasps> In the sense that it is a repeat. Get the fuck out of here. Is it that dude? <laughs> it is Sandwiches. Oh, wow. Well. Oh. <laughs> who reviewed Casablanca. No, <laughs> it's not that dude. No, it's not that, that dude. He hated Casablanca? Which one's that the dude? The one that we reviewed. Uh, yeah, the one who hated Casablanca. Okay. And we reviewed. Yeah, When well, we read the review. Yeah. yeah. He hated this one, too. <laughs> Soccer. Sandwiches. 17th of August, 2007. This movie sucked. (laughs) 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 This is the most boring film I have ever seen, and you will think the same if you see it. This movie goes on forever and never stops ever until it ends.
2: He's not wrong. Right. <laughs>
1: I wish this film had stayed away from me. <laughs> yeah, film. It's your fault. It's, it's all about an old guy in a car who is chasing a woman, and that's it. <laughs> there is more car driving in this film than in maybe a hundred other films all put together. It, my brother. I oh,
2: agree. my God. He, oh, never, he never
1: even catches her. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of the time. <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell you what happens later in the film. I'm not allowed. He doesn't want to to make it a spoiler review. Uh, But trust me, you don't want to know. It's rubbish. (laughs) The film looks so fake like a cartoon And it was about to make me laugh until I remembered how bored I was.
2: (laughs) I'd rather tidy
1: my bedroom than see another minute of that old guy driving. (laughs) I don't want to see this film or anything like it ever again. I wonder what this guy's favorite movie is. Oh, you will find out in a moment. Oh shit! Uh, so forty six out, out of eighty nine found that helpful. So yeah, I was curious. I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> who like is I
2: sandwiches.
4: He's <laughs> British. Like, that's for sure. Who is this yeah, guy? Definitely.
1: What you know? Probably what which one does he like? Like, does he? Is he there a movie out there month? that he uh, thinks wrong? I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, he likes Monty
3: it. Python and the Holy Grail.
1: Life of Brian. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe but life of Brian. I got even one better. Do it. 2006 this movie rocks 300 <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got her. Yeah, yeah. this movie is so great i can't
1: believe my ears wow <laughs> yeah. uh, you sandwich. will enjoy it, i promise wow. sweet yeah. sandwich <laughs> he goes on from there uh it's a glowing review uh 300 yeah jesus <laughs> uh he did he did have one minor qualm with 300 he says uh one thing uh that is rubbish is the film uh is is this film is that nobody says why the racists want to fight the robots I don't remember what, what they're talking about. A big pardon
0: yeah the he, racists, the racists want the ro- to fight the robots
4: yeah is he calling the is
0: he mixing this film up with like I
4: think he is you know?
1: 300 and i robot perhaps. <laughs> I think An all, easy mistake to make. <laughs> Just, uh, pretty much I think safe, all really. the people who made this movie forgot to put that bit in, but it's okay. <laughs>
4: but it's okay. But oh, is it's this okay. like some deep comic book shit that we're not aware of? Like, I get. I don't know. I, mean, I guess maybe maybe, maybe, I maybe the I don't know. Um, mm. Yeah, it was a racist
1: power. and robots in three hundred.
4: Uh, so okay. how would uh, how would you guys rate it?
3: Mm. Let's start with Derek.
1: Oh, I go first.
4: Or you've John. been you've been thrown on the bus. Yeah, Derek. I can't go first.
1: Yeah, uh, I will give it a. Um, I'll give it an eight out of twelve. Hmm. Um, it's pretty good. Explain I don't think. Explain yourself. I don't think that it's the greatest film of all time. Yeah. I think that that is too like I. I hope that people will not continue spouting that and saying that because I think that what's going to end up happening is anybody who goes in with that expectation is going to be very much disappointed Um it is
4: just, it's well, a solid film. any movie film. you go into with the expectation of the greatest movie of all time, you're going to be Probably. That is,
0: it's, too, yeah. it's
4: too grand, yeah, it's too too grand. grand. to say today. of
0: anything. Because, yeah. you know, I'll watch yeah. Citizen Kane, and, like, Citizen Kane's a great film that yeah. did a lot of amazing things for the time, but, like, best movie ever made? No. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. have you seen Battlefield Earth? Obviously, it's yeah.
4: Terminator 2, but, you know. Yeah. It's Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't um, feel that there's a good record for those that we leave behind, but Terminator Two is more entertaining. Doesn't have to be long. Yeah. Okay.
3: Derek, please get
0: back to Vertigo, please. <laughs> oh, were we talking about Vertigo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right in the movie. So
1: so yeah. Um No, so it's it's pretty solid though for what it is. I think there's a lot of creative things in it. I think that there's a lot of shots that are fascinating and and uh it holds up fairly well don't really like the ending of course but um you know i've watched it enough now that i already know how it ends so it doesn't matter (laughs) but uh i i mean everybody should at least see it i will say that much you know it's Mm. worth seeing and of hitchcock's things it's probably one of his best
4: yeah Mm. yeah um if you had asked me before we just watched this, I probably, going back to my viewing 20 years ago, would have said one and a half out of five stars. Um, right now, I'm going to bump that up to a two
2: out of five stars.
4: Just two. Yeah, two, I, I'm debating that extra half star, but that puts it right in the middle of like two and a half stars. Is like a C. It's like a you know a, a
1: passable grade. Exactly. So, so
4: passable is it? This, are you giving it a D then? Yeah, this is like just under good. Defend yet. that um, again. Just the boredom. Like you know, my just my general problem with Hitchcock in in general is that I what he calls. Uh, suspense, I call boredom. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of what he calls suspense is literally driving a car. That was my problem with Psycho. That is my problem with this. That is my problem with a number of his movies. Is just it, there is a lot of fucking nothingness with a decent music Track or sound behind it that is supposed to make me feel something that I just don't care about. Um, I, I re, you know, I realize I'm an outlier on that, and that is a personal opinion. But that is just I've I've never jived with Hitchcock. I understand the the historical significance of him and his work, but I do not hold him in the reverence that most people do. Um, but that being said, I do agree with Derek that this is a movie that at least every film student should see. Um, You know, this is, you know, anyone that is interested in cinema, this is obligatory. Um, You know, whether or not you like it, you do kind of need to understand that baseline in order to just be part of the conversation, really.
0: Okay. Um,
3: I did like this movie. I will give it a a 7.5 out of 10. Hmm. Um, it is not my favorite of the movies we've seen it is not the most entertaining of the movies we've seen in fact I don't even think it's the most historically significant of the movies we've seen (laughs)
0: definitely not yeah that's (laughs) (laughs) that kind of goes to the same well
3: many people think it's the most historically significant movie of all time. So I don't think it it's, goes saying, well, that same. Well, that's different though. Cause like
4: cinematically historically significant. Sure, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, when you say, when you say historically significant, my mind jumps to like all of the war movies we've done. Like that's, the a different outs- type of that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I should have been more specific. My fault.
3: Um, but I will say I did not like this as much as Citizen Kane, for instance, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the narrative of Citizen Kane. I was connected way more to yep. the character there. I had much more sympathy for Kane, even though he was kind of awful too. Um, But I think the soundtrack again, not the soundtrack, sorry, the score really uh, is especially beautiful. And in its simplicity and its intertwining melodies and harmonies and glissandos and arpeggios and all those other stuff. So it does a great job, again, of bridging the gap between this classical style and this impressionistic subjective style. So for anything, you could listen to it. Now, I actually completely agree with Sean Fall in that there was too oh. many of these moments. Mm-hmm. The driving, it, you can't, I mean, I agree the score is wonderful, but it can only take you so far with so many people. Uh, and I think I actually can appreciate the music for itself, but you're going to get bored if that's the only thing sometimes. And it's repetitive and it's and it's just watching rear screen projection and Jimmy Stewart's confused look on his face for 20 minutes. And it just gets annoying. And that brought it down to me. That brought the score down to me, I'd rather. Um, but I'm always going to be very biased whenever it's a great score and i I always give it extra points because i'm able to just appreciate on a different level so you should watch it like derek said at least once um it's got some interesting twists some interesting tech camera techniques obviously and uh you know you know the deal it's vertigo (laughs) seven and a half out of ten tim
4: <laughs> no, uh, a full fight of a poof. Did, did I, fuck wait, wait, when I did fuck up? What would you lie? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, no, the I would rate this movie as a as a trip to the gallows, because hmm. um, it it like to disagree with Sean. Entirely, and this is probably—it's you know—it's just—it's a difference in palette, Not really. Sure. It's a difference in taste. Um, I like a—I guess I—I I guess I've got a little more patience for a slow mover. Sure. I didn't feel like this movie was a slow mover at all. Wow. I was—I was gripped from beginning to end. I—I hmm. uh, I, I agree with some of the driving scenes. There was the one in particular where it was just like right, left, right, left, right, yeah. left, right, left, and it's like holy fucking shit! Get where you're going. <laughs> um. Uh. But I was—I was. I was pretty well gripped throughout the entire film. And I found myself on the edge of my seat more than once, mm. uh, like I, more than five times, uh, you know, just continuously engrossed in the story. Uh, and then I got to the top of the gallows and all of a sudden they hung me mm. and it was like, Oh, the fuck it's over.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause like, I, it, yeah. I've made this joke about movies before where it's just like, and then it just sort of ends. totally, And, yeah. Holy shit, this movie
2: just sort of <laughs> ends. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's the same ending as Germany
1: Year Zero. Okay? 100%! Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow, I know how to pick them, huh? <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's just like, it, it just ends. And it's, there were so many moments in the film where I thought, like, is it over? <laughs>
2: yep. And then it wasn't
0: over. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's not over. Come totally. on. Yeah. And it was, over. <laughs> you know, so like, I, I, I really, really don't understand how people could, could look at this picture and think this is the best film ever made. Yeah. Now this is certainly a daring film. It's a good film. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, didn't enjoy the end. Um, but I, I I really enjoyed the ride of it, mm. um, you know, and that's kind of you know that's Hitchcock's shtick, you know yeah, he yeah. he's he's a he's a roller coaster filmmaker, yeah. uh, and and I enjoyed the ride that this film took me on. Um, uh, so I really enjoyed that, uh, and then I then I went and lost my train of thought. Didn't even mm. need Sean's help there. No, no. I, well, I, I, what I, have, what about the idea? Sorry to play devil's
3: advocate here but if the i try to say the ending is good i actually don't think the ending is good that's <laughs> it's not but what what if i mean the the idea i assume is just it's just the idea that he is now losing her twice and now he's got double the tragedy Demnity? double the yeah. personal <laughs> insanity that he's gonna have to go with so we just have to imagine what that's
4: going to be like for him
0: maybe that's the final shock that cures his that's acrophobia what I felt, yeah
4: yeah. I, I thought it went that way. That, oh, really? That he becomes it? Well, a... well, yeah, because by the end, he is not in love with her anymore. Well, He's pissed. Like, he he realized that she played him the entire fucking time both ways. Well, like but Both wait, of you
0: guys being, like, film educators, d- do you see a lot in student films where they kind of end on a cliffhanger like that and it feels almost as if they were just tired of writing yes. a story? Yes. That's how this yeah. one felt. It's just like, oh, they're done? Yeah. Like, mm. well, so let's just throw someone
3: off a towel building. Yeah, it's and, just yeah.
2: like, oh, ah,
0: yeah, killer. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, Mr. Hitchcock, we have to buy more film. No, we don't. <laughs> it's strange
4: because yeah, you <laughs> just throw the bitch off the tower. The original, reuse the same
1: footage. It'll be fine. <laughs> the original story ends with him strangling her. Really? Yeah, that's how it ends. See, I would have believed that yeah. a
0: little a little bit. I don't know. I was kind of trying to That's a more solid ending, at least. I that's feel like rough, all of their characters sort of fell apart near the end. Yeah. You know, his character kind of unravels to the like not not unravels, like well, he, only he does unravel, person, but his 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 through line unravels. Yeah. And it's like, who is yeah. this character? It no. doesn't end you know? on a strong which, note. Yeah, which Jimmy Stewart are we dealing with here? Totally. Right. Yeah.
3: One of my favorite quotes, uh, this is a kind of digression, but Eric Clapton, when he describes guitar solos, he basically describes it's all about jumping and landing. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do in the middle. It's all about landing pretty. Mm. And that's kind of what this forgot. Like, it just, it was kind of interesting. interesting. And then all of a sudden at the end, they forgot to do the landing. And that's kind of half of it. You got to stick the landing. Also keep the window closed.
1: <laughs> wow, another podcast where he's making that joke.
3: I'm sorry, Eric. Another episode. I'm sorry, Clapton. I know you're a fan of this podcast. I'm so.
2: such a piece of shit.
3: Sorry, Eric. <laughs> uh, we're not getting tickets to the Crossroad
4: Festival. Oh, That's for man. sure. <laughs> yeah. no. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, On that
0: note.
4: Yeah, but Land
1: Pretty.
0: <laughs> oh, he's sure to check out <laughs> he's all like the his shows. Land Pretty. <laughs> It's not about the middle, (laughs) kid.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh god yeah check out all this yeah, madness yeah. on the
4: podcast studios uh, we got well none of them really matter anymore so text before calling might be a thing but tell your friends about the cellular breakdown that's the one that's doing things also going down tomorrow. on
0: South Park I hear that's about to make a comeback
4: oh really I haven't been told that. yeah no, no it's <laughs> on the web oh okay uh, rumor is uh, yeah we might have more of that also um, literally
0: literary I don't know what it is but I want to be featured on it
4: okay permanent <laughs> guest. wow
0: <Yeah. laughs> wow he's signing up up for all these things yeah i want to do paula tinkering too that'd be fun uh, no, it wouldn't. Yes, it would. Because I would just bring all of my latent rage and I'd just have, let I know, it out. Have you ever Sean. actually
3: had a political discussion with this or
0: Yes, I
2: have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, it usually ends in rage. There was, yeah, there was a few months where all me and Sean Dick was just fucking <laughs> yelling at each other
3: on Facebook. <laughs> oh, all right. Imagine that in person. It'd be fun.
4: <laughs> the funnest part is Derek recoiling in horror while uh, yeah, the three of us are Yeah, dislike.
0: I I like, Thumbs down.
4: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for confrontation. Mm. Mm. you and me both well if you are too check out Paula Tinkering and or text before collaring <laughs> collaring collaring yeah about yeah. <laughs> collars I call our too it's, it's my word I made it up and I can't even say it um, yeah so um, what are we doing next week Joey we are going to be watching the John Ford classic Stagecoach <gasps>
3: Stagecoach John Wayne's pretty much feature film debut not his yeah. debut but his big lead debut mm. two
0: racists
2: <laughs>
3: Not arguing with that. <laughs>
2: they're,
3: they're, they're just of their time. Of their time. Mm. You know what? John Ford's John Ford. That's just the way he is, bro. Come on. It's okay. We can defend him.
4: I don't know. We'll in next <laughs> week, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, talking more racism with John Ford. I don't, I don't
3: know, know if that the... was in the microphone. <laughs> no, that, that was supposed to be in my head. What?
4: Oh,
0: oh, I have oh, no, no idea no, no. Oh, you, you You giggled a fart out of me. Oh.
2: Oh. <laughs>
4: I laughed so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you would like to giggle a fart out of Tim Snow, please contact us at the Twitters. Yeah, uh, yeah, send an email. Or just Celluloid Break or Celluloid Breakdown. Either one works, I believe. Uh, Send an email to Celluloid Breakdown at Gmail and Joseph Bonnier at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. Derek Leport on the Twitters. And uh, would my text be for and calling on the Twitters? Tim Snow is in hiding as far as I know. I I don't don't
0: have a Twitter. no. Mm
4: -hmm. And Instagram. He, and is there any, would you like them to know that Instagram or is that uh secret uh, Instagram?
0: Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. yeah secret. Timothy.j.snow on mm. Instagram. Yeah. At me. You I post can... a lot of bad art.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's no such, there's such thing. Call telephone forget, art. Don't forget to save all those charts for Paula Tinkering. Oh dude, if you've met, you know
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've always got one in the chamber. <laughs> I eat a lot of wiener
2: schnitzel. <laughs> Ah, uh, join us next time.